Sirius 197, XM202, the virus. The Ron and Fez show starts right now. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. Lions in the street, lions in the street, and roaming dogs in heat. Yeah. Rabbit foaming, a beast cage ah. in the heart of the city. Ah. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony's about to begin. The body of his mother rotting in the summer ground, he fled the town. Yeah! Went down south and crossed the border. Yeah. Left the chaos and disorder back yeah. there over his shoulder. Groaning beside him, sweat oozed from its shiny skin. Is everybody in? Ceremony is about to begin. All I have is a story for Jim Larson. Jim Larson, a drowned in the bathtub in Paris. Seems Lions in the street. Lions in the street and roaming dogs in heat. Rabbit foaming, beast caged in the heart of the city. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? It's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. We'll get started with your Ichiban's uh, this morning. 
That's the big story, the story everybody's talking about. Dale, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yes, sir, you got an Ichiban for me. Yeah, I got a sad one for you, Ronnie. Uh, Don Meredith died this morning, age 72, had a stroke. Ah, uh, Dandy so. Don, the man who made Dandy Monday Night Don. Football. Uh, it's a shame. Ah, I hadn't even heard it. Now, this just came out of a clear blue sky. He hadn't been sick. I don't know. I don't have a clue. I just heard it on the radio. Uh, I'm on the radio. How come I didn't hear this? Albuquerque, yeah. Albuquerque reported he lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Yeah, well, he seemed like that Western type, yes. It was a brain hemorrhage out of nowhere. Danny Don goes down. Maybe the way to die. Just You're taking like almost like a JFK shot in the back of the head. It's better than the long-suffering. Speaking of long-suffering, Fez, even though you have a nice new haircut today, seems like you're not in a good place. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm in... I'm in my regular Monday, all locked up place. You know what? You should listen to Monday. I got Friday on my mind, or everybody's working for the weekend. I'm also um, I'm a little disappointed too. Uh, I listened to O and A today. That shouldn't and- disappoint you. Those guys are your friends. Don't let it disappoint you. Well, they had Joey Pants on, and no, that is that's great. And Joe Pantoliano was getting into all his depression stuff and how he was like crippled with the depression and I guess the anxiety and there was so many things he was saying that I'm like yes I have that I I know exactly what you're talking about and talking about how it went what why would that depress you well it's just that you know I felt like wow I connected with that with what he was saying and didn't get to see him or talk to him or anything um so what do you think Joey could save you it sounded like he he was talking about you know his foundation that he's got going, and I just wanted to hear more. But did you see how he turned on everybody in the Matrix when they thought he was a good guy? He just wanted to eat steak. I love a high life in the Matrix. You can't beat it, though. I want to be somebody important, like an actor. Was he great on the show? He was, yeah. He I, was, I think he's still around. During the commercial, you can run down and say, I'm just like you, Joey. I'm just exact. So he, you honestly think that you and he have the same kind of uh, whatever this thing is with you? Absolutely. I don't, I don't want to even give it a name because I'm not sure where to go. Yeah. Do you think of your anxiety as anxiety and depression? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Especially after this weekend. It's like I got Saturday was a day under the covers. Really? Yeah. It was just chilly out. No, it was just sad. I tried. To, I went out early, felt like I was getting sick out on the street, ran home, and just spent like the rest of the night, the day and the night, under, under a blanket. You know who could help you? Eddie Moscone. He'd be perfect for you. Who's Eddie Moscone? That's Joey Pants' big role. Mm. <clears throat> Maybe Mickey. <coughs> Maybe the guy from uh, Calendar Girl. I forgot what he played in that. I think it was Harvey. He's done a lot of roles. So, um, let's go over here to Vince. Vince, you're on my fez. One, two, seven, seven, two, checking in. Yeah. Uh, just so you know, Joey Pants is from Hoboken. He's the prince of Hoboken. No joke he, in Hoboken, uh, Joey Pants. 
You could have he could come in quickly if Roland just gets him, or you could hop over to Hoboken and hang with him. Fez, ask him about his solutions. Ask ask Roland if we can get uh, Fez an opportunity uh, to uh, talk with Joey. Uh, Tony, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, Fez, if you remember correctly, Joey's bit of advice was to just power through it. Just power Is that through. what he said? Power through? He was saying that. He was saying, you know, keep talking to people. I just, I just, like, I wanted to hear more because he told ONA that he's not depressed anymore. And apparently this was just crippling to him. Mm hmm. And I, and I know that feeling where it's just the panic is just overwhelming. Do you, um, do you see yourself as a little engine that could? I, there's times... I'm just saying silly shit to you now. You don't, have, oh. you don't have to give my silly answers a serious answer. You could be what with me? I could be silly back. All right, so uh, we'll be the silly brothers. We get silly that way, me and Fez. What's your favorite Joey Pants role? Uh, possibly Memento. I love the minute. Memento? Bound? Oh, yeah, Bound? But maybe my all-time favorite... The great Perry Parker from the In Crowd, where he played the Gator with the Heater, the big hot. Uh, he he actually did a, and people from Philadelphia will know this guy. Uh, there used to be, I guess, in the early '60s, throughout the mid '60s, there was a dance show on the TV. They used to have dance shows everywhere in the country, and the local kids would be dancing. And there was a guy named Jerry Blavitt who danced with the kids, and now he's still there. I think it's like Wildwood or somewhere down south, Margate, one of those things. He gets together and dances, and he throws these dance parties, and they dance to the old uh, to the oldies. That's awesome. He's the geeter with the heater, the big boss with the hot sauce. Well, in the '90s, we had the grind on MTV. That was that was. Great. Oh, Eric from the grind. Well, there also used to be another show called Dance Party USA. What on the USA Network? And Kelly Ripa, I believe, was a. Either she did it once or she was a regular. Good for her. Yeah. She liked to shake it. Shake it. Shake it like a Polaroid picture. Let me know if we hear back from Roland. And then play for him the uh, Roland, the headless Thompson gunner, every time he walks into a to a place. Uh, well, Fez, I'm, uh, I knew you were going to have a bad day today, too. How'd you know? Just the gray sky, little snow flurries, mm -hmm. feeling pretty bad, la 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 la, not feeling good, la 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 la. Speaking of which, later on in the show, I got a sleeves story. You remember sleeves, don't you, Fez? Oh, sure. You had a nice haircut this time. You like it? Yeah. I wasn't sure about it. You look, <laughs> why doesn't that surprise me? You look good. You, you know who you look right right now? Like a Navy fighter pilot. Oh, yeah, very crew cut-ish. I don't know if it's crew cut, but it's kind of, let's see. Here, lean it down a little bit. That's yeah, good. It's a good haircut. Although, here, you got a, a big red sore in the middle of your part. Oh, I know. That's why I, like, did, I was putting off my um, haircut for so long. I just have that OCD thing where I have these open... No, you were picking at your head? I can't quit doing it. All right, let me see. Put your head down. I've probably had this for months. Put your head down. All right, he's hurting himself. Oh, no. He... I've got a couple of those spots. He's not a cutter. He's a scratcher. Did you go to Freeman's?
No, I went someplace in Queens. You should have went to Freeman's. The guy uh, uh, wants to take care of you. Well, with my head. You know what I'm going to get you? Because you're, you're scratching at your head like that. I'm going to get you one of those dog cones. So it goes off. You look like an upside-down lampshade, and you stop hurting yourself. Very doable. So you, it, it looks like you've opened a sore on yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I, when I get nervous, I just go at it. And that's why I just went to some little place in Queens. Because I didn't want to go someplace where I was going to see the people again. Because Did I was embarrassed. Did you bring it up to you? No, he didn't say anything. But I was just embarrassed Classy. About, about my scalp. Imagine how much funnier it would have been if he would have mentioned it to you. Uh, Fez Watley, bad day today. So, shocker, folks. Bad day today. He didn't get to meet Joey Pants. He got his hair cut. And that's exposing. Yet another thing we didn't know about. He scratches a hole in his head. No, this is just something new. It's I mean, at least it's not as crazy as the toenails. But yeah, I don't want to be on some kind of sliding scale like that, Hicks. Like I'm not going to be like, well, at least Fez isn't a school shooter. Did you watch any football over the weekend, Fez? I watched. Um, yeah, I watched the Bucks lose. Don't seem too happy with it. No, no. Up by two scores, ten minutes left in the game, and just gave it all away. And that doesn't make you happy? No. That just adds to the frustration and the depression. Well, let me bring this up to you about the Bucks. I don't think they're as good as the Falcons. Mm-hmm. But they are a better football team. They're, they're starting to be real things. There's some backs there that I like. I like the quarterback. I think that you should probably feel a little more optimistic this year, you had a terrible uh, couple of years, but uh, I'm looking at that team now. They look like they could have a future. Hicks, how'd you do with your fantasy team? I won in the uh, loser bracket. Sure, yeah, I did well. We're not even in the real loser bracket yet. Oh, that's true. Yeah, this is next just, week uh... starts the playoff games for you that don't matter. <laughs> it's really depressing, but I still want to win for. One I, I, I actually see it as is terrible. To play for seventh place or yeah, whatever to help people play for. It's fucked up. Who gets to play Earl? That'll be the funny thing. I think um, I think a mystery player plays Earl. If he, if Earl's even getting in, well, he is going to. get Everybody in. gets to keep playing. Yeah, and I have to tell uh, Earl too about the big uh, party, the Animal House party we're going to be having at Fez Fez's place, where we are going to fucking rip that fucker apart. And you're having hoagies, Fez? Yeah, we're going to have uh, hoagies, uh, Kathleen from the Bronx, and Bri Bri bringing those in. We're going to go nuts. Hoga, 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 hoga. You're having a hoga party, Fez. All right. It's, uh, no, well, I mean, we're having an owner's party. We're going to be eating hoagies. It's going to be great, right? It should be a lot of fun. Hoga, 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 hoga. You got a big, uh, like, mannequin that we could throw out the window? I'll procure one. Procure? Ooh. You're procuring things now. Now, we probably shouldn't throw anything out my windows or off my balcony. Oh, this is funny. Rustin is the person who plays Earl. Oh, no. <laughs> well, Earl, uh, his game, he did have a starting quarterback this week, which the, is a positive. Yeah, sure he did. Uh, the two minorities will be playing each other in the in the real embarrassment bowl. At the Hoga party, we should grease them up and make them wrestle in your living room. Hey, um, <coughs> you got jello shots? 
No, I didn't have any jello shots. Do you get a fog machine? No, I don't have that. Oh! I know you've been picking at your scalp and you're depressed. You're actually very sad today. I'm trying yeah. to have this conversation with you, but you can't even keep it together at all. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little tough today. I just want to you know, talk about your party, but you're, you're in an awful place. Yeah, the party, I, I just want the party to go right. You know, it's one of those things where I haven't done anything like this. Where I've had, you know, uh, uh, people over. All right, but now, here's the good part. Remember who the people are. Me. Hicks. That's right. Blowhard. It's not, it, you know, you're, you're not throwing some Upper East Side. Uh, this isn't the white party where everybody has to come either wearing white or black. You're going to do fine. Maybe we should all have those, like, little masks that for some reason, like, those little masks on the end of a stick. Okay. That sounds kind of cool. In your mind, how's this party going to go? I hope it's going to go good. I hope everyone's comfortable. I hope everyone has plenty to eat and and we get some good games to watch. That's I just want oh, You're going to be judged by how good the football games are on TV. That's right. Who are the eggs playing that night? Uh, I believe the Giants. If I catch anyone fucking rooting for the Giants, I'm going to go fucking batshit crazy. So I'm just not good at these social things. And this when's is the like last a time, when's the last time you had a party? It was probably well over 15 years ago. Uh, what were the circumstances there? That was kind of like a housewarming for. Was, a, was I was at that party? Yeah, I remember. Everybody hated it. See, but you didn't have any food, and um, you brought your parents. Right. Your parents were there, and death metal rockers. What was the name of that band that kid was in? Uh, Morbid Angel. Yeah. It was Morbid Angel. So it was Morbid Angel and his parents. So I'm just I'm worried about everyone being comfortable. I talked to Blowhard over the weekend, and he has special needs. So what I'm, do you mean he's like a special needs child? No, he's worried about where he's going to sit. We're all worried where we're going to sit. You don't own any furniture. Yeah. And we're grown men. We can't sit on a futon. When you're 14, you can sit down and smoke pot on a, fo on a futon. Yeah, no thanks. When you're a grown man, you can't pull that off. Uh, Jarrett, you're in fez. Yeah, Ronnie B. First off, uh, the futon's good because when it degenerates into an orgy, you guys can all have fun. But uh, I was just wondering, uh, Fezzy, no. uh, what were you planning for door prizes, buddy? You got to have something for everybody. Yeah, you got to door prize this thing up. Oh, yeah. Electronics. I'd have iPods, iPads. A couple PS3s. Anything that starts with I, you're in a really good place. Well, I don't have anything like that. By the way, I did a voiceover work today for a video game that I can't even tell you guys about. Nothing? Mm. What about the name? I think I can say that. It's uh, new by Rockstar. Are you familiar with Rockstar? Sure. I seem to be part of the Mercury Theater for them. Well, I'm going to get parts. And I will tell you this. Uh, I don't think I had a big part in this game since I didn't have a name or any extended lines. What? What, is just like words being shouted out? Uh, more or less. Oh. But I never, I don't think I put any two lines together. Um, I'll tell you what it is. It's, it's called, uh, Mr. Spock and the Planet of Make-Believe. And it's basically, there used to be this show, I guess in the 60s, called Star Trek. Yeah. And I guess it's kind of tied in 
uh, with that. Wow. But how could they, why are they wasting your talent just yelling out fucking shit like that? Come on, man. There are no small parts, only small actors. Like the Oompa Loompas, they're fucking small actors. Is that, is that what Laszlo's telling you? Uh, Laszlo was on fire today. Really? Yeah, there was a lot of fucking different people lined up for their parts. And you know what? I don't mind. I'll say this right now. Would you rather uh, have a very small part in Goodfellas or a very large part in any Freddie Prince Jr. movie? I always wanted to be in Wing Commander. Yeah. I'd rather have any fucking walk-on in the world. Here was one of my lines in fucking Laszlo. I have to sign a paper that I won't bring it up. Oh. But... Uh, here's one of my lines. Mr. Spock, we are entering the atmosphere for the planet of make-believe. I don't even know if anyone's going to fucking like this uh, game. I don't know, Mr. Learning Moy's big. He is big. Um, they get him to voice it? Or is it like a Learning Moy person? I'm not allowed to say oh. that. Um, but it's... Uh, you know, I think it's going to be gigantic. Steve, Boston, you're on a fez. Hey, I have an Ichiban for you. Ichiban. Ichiban. Um, Sleeves put on an amazing show up in Portsmouth on Friday, and the great Ron Bennington was in attendance. Fezzy, over the weekend, I'm gonna, I'll talk about this a little later on in the show, but I went up and saw Sleeves do his one-man show. Uh... And I can't wait to talk about it. Right now, Roland is trying to get something for you, Fez. I'm not saying what it is, mm -hmm. but you'll get to talk to, maybe get to talk to Joey Pants. And if that happens, you will be cured and then have the happiest day. That would be fantastic because I am having a, just a nutty day today. Why? Just, it's just, it's just pressing on me. Look, your party's going to stink. That's fine. The hoagies aren't going to come. That will not fucking be fine. Because we will find out that a, that a fire can start on the 13th floor. I don't... I seriously don't trust Kathleen from the Bronx with a bankroll. Yeah, she's got that cash. God knows what she's doing with it. She's got a dice game right she might now. Be, yeah, she might be turning it into big money. We might end up with hot... You got a hot tub? No, I don't. Why did you want to throw a party? Well, my, my place you know, was this selected. Is, this is the Ron and Fez also Christmas party, which you know how we normally go all out for that. It's fa fantastic. Uh, you've got to top it. And don't let the pressure get to you. But this is going to be 50 times better than any party anyone's ever thrown anywhere. All right, yeah. that's pressure. You got fireworks? All right, just picture this. Mr. Spock. We are entering the atmosphere for the planet of make-believe. Let me just say this. And you know Rockstar Games have had some of the biggest games ever. This time you're going to be killing make-believe characters from a spaceship. Should be fun. I don't know. I guess I'm driving the... I'm going to guess the name of it is Mach 5. 
So you driving the spaceship? You're yeah. in the fucking seat? All right. That's pretty cool. Um, I guess. I don't know. I can't tell from inside that little booth. They put you in what I like to call the Shrek booth, where you just get in there and you pretend things are happening. And this is this is how I know I have a really small part is I didn't uh, I didn't get to make up a voice. He goes, just use your own voice. Really? <laughs> Come on, give me some fucking artistic fucking shit to do. Well, here's what was funny. So he goes, just use your own voice. Let's just get through this. You know, I know you got to get to work. So right away, I go like this. Watch out, Mister Spock. Watch out. They're all make believe. One of my lines, though, even though I don't have a big part, uh, one of my lines is actually this. I guess, Mr. Spock, every world is a world of make-believe if it's in your heart. Wow, this is like a heartwarming video game, sort of. I guess. I don't know how. I don't play those things. Sentimental. One of the things I had to yell out is watch out for a centipede. Because I guess the set, I don't know whether it's like a planet of video games that's there, okay. make believe video games. Does Arkanoid show up? I don't know the whole. I can't give any of it away. You know how it is with Rockstar. <sighs> what's, what's with them? Why can't they just give us a little taste? Because of the fucking internet. Because the people on the internet, they get all carried away and they said that the last one was that my uh, character, I think it was Guy Crossfield or Schofield or some shit had said that we were going to make a movie out of it. When I did this voice, Hey, I'm a sheriff! Oh, look at me, I'm shooting! What, there aren't sheriffs in space? I don't know. I like, my acting tends to be a gruff voice. Or Asian prostitute. Now you're talking. Fez, even though we're, we're riffing back and forth like this, you're depressed, you're upset. Yeah, I'm just, I'm sorry. You I'm don't just... have to be sorry. It is a world of make-believe. I learned that today. Uh, Kyle, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, how you doing? Uh, calling in my very first Ichiban. Oh. Ichiban. Virgin Ichiban. That's right. Hopefully it's worth it. Uh, uh, not sure if you heard yet, but Charles Manson was caught with a cell phone in his cell, uh, making phone calls and sending text messages. And that's a bad thing. Why? Well, I, I, I guess how the hell did he get it in there? Who does he ever see to get a cell phone? People come and visit him all the time. He's a very, very popular prisoner. Well, I, I guess that's probably true. I don't doubt that he's popular. I've um, watched like 40 goddamn fucking documentaries of him when he's, Hey, I'm in here, man. Checking it out. I can move this way or that way. I don't, I'm inventing the new shit. God in there. No, I don't doubt that he's a god in there. I, I, I'm sure people uh, are all over him. I, I don't know. Collect call for Mr. Manson. Except. <laughs> They found it hidden under his bed. I don't know. I thought it was worth mentioning. I'm surprised he can uh, that he knows how to text. That he was sending texts out. Why are you surprised? Well, it's that uh, he's been locked up for 40 years. You would think some technology would pass him by. All right, well, he had a phone when he went in, right? Right? Right, yeah. Uh, so the cell phone is not that easy and as far as learning the text i don't know whether you had to go to school for it but i remember it taking two seconds i think manson's literate you just sit there and thumb he's got 24 hours a day yeah i think he has the time so you think that if you're not on the outside of a box when technology comes along you're useless to it right like you just don't get exposed to it so you wouldn't even know basically what it was Right, but if someone hands you a phone, plus he watches TV. 
Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, he would. I don't think he would know how to use like Netflix or something. I don't understand how Netflix seems that hard. He would learn like everybody else learns. Once you get it, it takes a second. You pick it up. Do we got that guest? Looks like things are happening. Yes. Well, I'm ready when you are. Let's bring him in, Fezzi. The man you wanted to talk to, Joey Pants, which is Joey Pantaleano. Perry Parker, as he comes uh, entering from the in crowd. Oh, my God. One of my all-time favorite roles that you've ever done. Wow, boy. Uh, I grew up right outside of Philadelphia, so I remember uh, Jerry Blavitt and that whole thing. And if there was one of those roles that you nailed, uh, that was it from the beginning. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I, I uh, didn't know about Blavitt because we were North Jersey. Right. You know, and uh, so to be able to... Do that, and the kid that wrote and directed, he was one of the dancers on the show. Oh, is that right? Yeah, Mark Rosenberg. Well, uh, did you hear back from everybody in Philly about how, how much you nailed that role? No, not, not really. Because it was uh, kind of a smaller uh, picture at the time? You know, that's, that's the truth. It was, a, it was a picture that was made by uh, TriStar, and uh, you know, it just didn't uh, hit uh, then. Cause it was, it was a, a picture about the 50s. Uh huh. It's uh, still uh, kind of a cult film in mm -hmm. Philadelphia, and Jerry Blavitt is still doing that gimmick. He's got those the same... with the heater, the, the boss with the hot sauce, speaking <laughs> salutations across this fabulous nation. That's amazing. That's amazing. You still nail that after all this time. Yeah, he's it, a it's a uh, character. So great to see you, and you guys uh, are having a ball with the sauce, uh, having a good time with it. Yeah, it's something that Joey and I... Um, Wanted to do to uh, give back to some causes that uh, Joey and I are passionate about, uh, issues that dealing with uh, mental diseases, and um, it's not our first career. Joey has his own career. I'm in the restaurant and baking business in California, and 
we've been in business since high school together, so it was something that we sort of wanted to come up with a new version of Newman's Own, so to speak, a college-driven right. product, and a lot of uh, a lot of people getting behind it. That is uh, an amazing thing to see how Paul Newman did that so many years ago, and how it's still. Uh, paying off. Started I had, the, started the uh, business model. So many people have followed yeah. that. That uh, he made more money uh, through. He gave away over three hundred million dollars. Yeah. And they get to pick. You know, it's like uh, there's no there's no grants. You don't. They just decide who. They have a whole group that decides where the money's going. I had his partner on Hotchner, uh years ago, and they. We're, we're baffled every single time that this thing worked out. And because of that, it almost runs better as a business because they know where the money's going. It's just not going to buy, you know, uh, another bigger pool or a bigger house for them. They're like, we've seen the kids that we hand this money over. So mm -hmm. let's cut a little corners here. Let's make sure that, you know, we, we make as much profit as we can for this. What's, what's, what's really unique about this? organization and the for-profit division that Pepe started is you can see already where the money's going because right. I made the documentary no kidding me too which is interviews with seven people with different brain styles how they had their shame about what they were feeling turned into cutting or drug addiction alcoholism right. so so we're we were able to show people how we feel and when we're able to do that they compare they, they see themselves and they're saying, well, if Joey's got a mental disease and he's free to talk about it, making it cool to talk about it. Made, we made uh, PSAs with Harrison Ford. I got uh, James Cameron and uh, Ang Lee and Robert Downey Jr. sit on our board. You know, wh that's what we'll do with the profits of uh, the, the profits that come out of Pe Pepe and Pants and Pepe any and other Pants thing products. we might do. Uh and it's interesting you bring this up because uh, this is my partner, Fez, and about five or six years ago, the anxiety and depression uh, started to hit him bad. And about six years into it, and you're feeling like still no handle on it. And he heard you guys this morning on the ONA show and was very moved and wanted mm -hmm. to have the opportunity to talk to you. And are you able to talk fast or just, just hearing you, people talk about this in public is... I'm just choking up a little bit. The, a lot of the things that you said hit so close to home. And I get moments like this that I can't control. And it's, it's humiliating. Well, you know, we can't control it. You know, we, we, the mental disease that lives inside of us is an uneasiness that comes. It's like we breathe, we bleed. The, the noise in our brain is there. It's there for a reason. Don't try to get away from it. You, you embrace your dis-ease and you go through it and you get the help. The, the point is, is that we're able to talk about it. There's no shame in brain dis-ease. Why is it you can talk about diabetes or asthma? We want to reach our children. That's why we're doing this thing at Boys and Girls Club, because there are so many like you that think they're alone with this. We are the norm. Mental disease lives in all of us. 75% of Americans will have some kind of mental uneasiness in their life, and there is 80% recovery. When you discovered that it wasn't your fault, didn't you feel relieved? 
Um, it still feels like it's my fault. But, it, uh, but it, you know, uh, how long? It's been six years? Yeah. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. If it's your fault, then it's my fault. It, it's, you, 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 it's your genetic right. Your brain doesn't produce enough serotonin or dopamine to make that feeling go away. So does that sound correct? Yeah, I mean, but I, I've tried, like, antidepressants, and that just actually aggravated it and everything. I heard you say that you're not depressed anymore, and I'm just begging to know how no, you did I, it. I, I, I said that I, I am in remission, and when the depression comes, mm. I can, well, I can sense it coming now, and I, and I, I center, I, I, can, I talk to my doctor, because I talk to my doctor, my daughter Danny has this. My son Marco has this. My daughter Isabella has this. This lives in all of us. Um, what I do is I don't drink. I don't. I don't do a lot of the bad habits. What I do now is, I I go and I'll do yoga. I'll I'll take a walk or I'll run. I'll do physical activities. I don't eat sugar no matter what, uh, because it's the sugar that was in the alcohol that produced the same diseasiness as the sugar in the cupcakes. And, you know, it's so funny you said that. His doctor just told him two weeks ago, for the first time in six years, stop drinking. And he came back and said, I'm not an alcoholic. I go, but you don't know what else that You have a brain does. disease. This mm -hmm. al alcohol, The 12-step program says in the first, the first step that I am powerless. You know, that my, I, I am powerless about my diseasiness and my life has become unmanageable because of my disease and and by accepting my disease and asking for for something a power greater than myself to help me through this because I can't do this alone I need I need my friends I need people like you that we can talk about our different types of disease and how it affects us because it makes me stronger give you know sharing it with another person and knowing that they go through it too it makes me stronger I know you talked about like uh, childhood traumas. How did you l finally let go of those? Well, you know, it was when I started writing my book. The first book was "Who's Sorry Now," uh, and I started remembering stuff. When I'm now, I just had something that came back after a thousand years. When I was when I was in the first grade, I was cleaning uh, erases in the boys' room, and two kids. Uh, that was sixth graders, uh, held me down, kicked me, and urinated in my face. They urinated all over me. I'm, five, I'm six years old. I go back to class covered in urine, smelling like urine, uh, in a daze, and my teacher decides to walk me into every classroom to pick out these two kids that did this to me. Didn't call my parents, didn't, didn't get me cleaned up, or, you know, I felt, I felt like a coward. I felt like a rat. Mm. Um, uh, and and that inspired other kids to pick on me. Um, um, that was not my fault. Right. That was you know it wasn't even the kids' fault. I can't imagine what those two boys were going through that they had to do that to me. You know so. Uh, it, it is interesting too because they're bringing up the bully stuff now, but forgetting that the bullies it's a learned behavior, right? So 
in my neighborhood it was the same way that you would get bullied, then you would turn around and bully someone. No one knew how else to act. There that, wasn't another way to act. That's why No Kidding Me Too is so important. What we're promoting is emotional intimacy, that young kids can talk about their feelings like they talk about their favorite baseball teams, that, that if something's going on inside of them, they're sharing it with somebody and they're letting it out because the more you talk about your traumatic past with somebody you respect and trust, Letting it out, it becomes less and less real, less and less real. But I, I'll talk to you after the program and, and show you what you can do on a daily basis that's going to make you feel better and live through these. When it comes, it comes. I, it, 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 it hasn't gone away. It's, Is it surprising for you, Fez, even to hear Joey talking to you this way, to say like what you're saying isn't just unique to you? Because we go through this, and I know a lot of people try to give you advice, but you... And you are obviously, like with a lot of us, because we don't know exactly what it is, mm -hmm. you don't, it, it almost feels like a wall goes up around you. It does feel like a completely unique situation. Like the rest of the world is able to go to work and do everything else. Yeah, because where did it come from? All of a sudden, you were fine. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like it's like being touched. What happened? It's like being robbed. It's like somebody coming. Uh, uh, I describe it as somebody stole my smile. I couldn't smile anymore. And then people, the people that I loved, were like, "Well, we can't invite him for Christmas. He's a right. bring down." And then we, you know, so my family was paying for the price. Uh, people say, "Well, Joey's a little funny." Uh, I, I'm discriminated, uh, you know, every day because mm -hmm. they say, "Well, you know, he's a little funny, so uh, you got to be careful. You got to walk around on tiptoes." Right. Because I'm. Uh, it's important for me to say how I feel. You know, something went wrong today, and I needed to say that. Otherwise, it would be living inside of me all day long. So I said what the matter is. I, I, I told them how I felt. Uh, nobody got mad. We fixed it, and we move on. Can you do that, too? I mean, to, sometimes when you say how you feel, the anger comes out. So you've got to learn a whole way of doing that without just exploding how you feel, you know? Yeah, um, I have a mentor. I have a guy that, that is responsible for my emotional life, that when something's up, I call him and I talk to him. Uh, if it's really serious, if it's something that has really got me, I call my doctor. I have my doctor. My, our family has a family psychiatrist. He sees all of us because my mother was sick. She wasn't crazy. She was sick, and she had a disease. And if, if, if my mother was available, if, the, if what's available to me, the quality of her life would have been so magnificent. You know, uh, by giving back to other people, by talking to these kids tonight at the, uh, at the Boys and Girls Club, telling them how I feel, maybe one of them will be just like this. I mean, this is the perfect, most clearest example of how this works, that, uh, that, uh, that what just happened. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and does this happen to you quite a bit when after making the documentary and being open about this, are people drawn to you now? To that's why the organization is yeah. called No Kidding Me Too. Yeah, I didn't know what we were going to call it, but I, you know, they say what? Uh, no, you, no kidding me too. My my brother, my, no kidding me too. I, I just it's, I I have I, I'm bipolar. No kidding. I was at Thanksgiving the other day at Tony Goldwyn's house, right? 
and we're talking about uh, attention deficit disorder because I have it, my daughter Isabella has it, and this woman sitting next to me, and somebody says bipolar, and they have bipolar, just talking about it like uh, I'm Irish, I'm Italian, I'm Jewish, yeah. and this woman said, oh yeah, well, she's whispering, I have, uh, my, I have bipolar in my family, and a little later she said, I feel like a hypocrite, I'm bipolar, and I've never heard people talk about their feelings this openly. And we started talking, and uh, we we made plans. There are things that you can do today, right now, that's going to make the quality of your life. Inside that card's card says, "What is? Just read the inside of that card." Um, no kidding, me too. Is an organization whose purpose is to remove the stigma attached to brain disease through education and the breaking down of societal barriers. Yeah. Now, the beauty of that, and the way you've got it lined up, is remember when we were kids. No one talked about alcoholism. Right. Now, if you're an alcoholic, you can walk into rooms all over this city, mm-hmm. and people you've never met before welcome you in and share with you. The anonymity is not necessary in Alcoholics Anonymous anymore. Yeah. Right? So what we say is mental disease doesn't have the luxury of anonymity. Right. We don't have the luxury because it's when you say, I have a mental disease, which is temporary. It's a disease. Diseases can be fixed. Illnesses can't. You know, what you're going through is a diseasiness, and by getting better, you become a, a productive human being again, and you help others. The, tr- the key is, is to, to turn it, you know, to help others. By helping others, I, I feel good. Have you ever been with a group of people, Fez, that you could really talk about that with, or no. you just always feel alone? No, I've always just felt alone. I mean, I've gone to therapists, but it's just always been one-on-one. I've never been with a group of when people. When you walk into a 12-step meeting... There's a sign in every meeting all over the world, and it says, you're not alone, because you're not alone. And the power of example and the power of of sharing personal stories, you sit there and you say, they're talking about me. That's Mm. me they're talking about. Uh, We'll we'll go and and check it out. It'll change your life. And uh, the documentary, how do people get to see the documentary? You, you can go to Amazon.com. Uh, you can buy it uh, online. You can go to No Kidding Me Too. Uh, it's called No Kidding Me Too. And, uh, you know, uh, and, and you can go to Peppy and Pants to get the tomato sauce. Uh, uh, you can go, if you live in the city or in Jersey, the AMPs, you can go and, and get it at Food Emporium. And know that if you're, you can buy any tomato sauce. Our yeah. tomato sauce is, 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 isn't any more unique than the best, the higher quality. You know, we, we, our quality is excellent. And you got to pay for that excellence. You know, it's up there. It's up there with Rayo's. Uh, but know that that money is going to help to end the shame and stigma that shrouds mental disease, just like shame shrouded uh, um, homosexuals 25 years ago. You mm. needed to talk about it and normalize it. We need we need to end the bigotry. We need to end the discrimination. And I also want to say about the sauce, too. People don't realize how much power they have in their consumerism, that when you make these kind of choices just like you guys brought with Paul Newman, other people will put that product out there. So not only are you buying this and helping out uh, this program, but it's also opening the doors to a lot more programs. And people have got to be thinking about that every time they make a purchase. The corporate world will follow along if they see that's where the people are. Yeah, yeah. We well, that this was all Peppy's idea. I didn't think about. I didn't, you know. It's an amazing thing to pull off. It really is. It's amazing to see how these things keep 
moving along. Like the green movement didn't exist years ago, and now these large corporations mm-hmm. go, hey, is that what you want? We'll move it over. We'll give you some. Well, you know, the next thing we're thinking about doing is, is coconut water, which is taking the world by storm. Yeah. You can buy that anywhere. So why not give, give the consumer a choice to get the peppy and pants kind, knowing where the money's going to go? It was so cool to have you guys step in. Fez, I hope it was a little bit for you, and uh, I want to make sure you get to see the doc. And mm-hmm. But isn't it great just to it's, meet somebody to have them say, I, I know what this is like? It's incredibly powerful, and I appreciate it, Joe. Yeah, uh, thank and you, Pat. Fez. Thank you. And, Fezzy, always, ser- seriously, you know, focus on whatever that light is. If you find any light, just start to head towards it, and you'll be surprised. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you it. for having us on. Thanks thank for you. stopping in. You're listening to the Ron and Fez Show on the virus. Sirius 197, XM202. I kneel before you as a man, begging a much better man to please let me stay here and join you on this Hispanic adventure. Kitty, I work in a fucking coffee shop. Coffee shop back in Shelby. Please just let me stay here and tear this shit up with you, Kenny. It's the Ron and Fez show. Fez still in uh, tears right now, but I will let you know during that commercial. Joey Pants comes over, grabs Fez, and hugs him for what felt like. Five minutes. And then he gave you his home number? Yeah, I got his number. I'm going to call him a little bit later after the show. He's going to give you some more advice about stuff? Yeah. And so this was a good day for you? Yeah, this is really... He's an incredibly, incredibly sweet man. You just moved even thinking about it. Yeah. The other thing is... A... From what I know of his movie roles, you can't trust him. I've seen him. <laughs> okay. Memento, Matrix, Bound. Even when people are nice to them, this might be an elaborate setup to get you. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. But I do think that you need to embrace this. Because I know that you want to be normal. But just take in this one thing. Joey is eccentric. Right. And that's great. I mean, that's why he's a goddamn movie star. You're Fez. You're eccentric. You need to stop wanting to act like you're some uh, family from Iowa or something. You know what I mean? Like you're some guy who works for an insurance firm. You're not. And and that guy who works for an insurance firm, if you would have told him... Uh, Joey Pants hugs people for five minutes and squeezes them and tells them everything's going to be okay. I mean, you that's a strange thing to happen. That's a good thing, though. Stop, you know, normal you shouldn't be look, shooting for. Because there's nothing normal about you. Or me or any of the guys who work on 202. Right. Fuck uh, no. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it just felt really, really good to talk to him. Even for just a couple minutes. Dude, beyond that, he's hugging you. He's telling you you're right. He really wants you to go to AA? Yeah. Yeah, he wants me to go to a meeting. It's very funny that you and I just had this thing, and you've been mad at your therapist for telling you to quit drinking because you don't think you're an alcoholic. Right. And then I was explaining to you about the, you probably can't do it for the same reason that you can't eat 
chocolates or whatever. Uh, and it's almost exactly what he was saying. Oh, yeah. Just the, the, you know, the powerlessness of it. He was, you know, telling me a little bit about that off of the off air, too. Uh, you know, Jeff Garland never, as far as I know, never has a drink in his life, goes to AA meetings. And he just, in his head, substitutes food. And he thinks it's incredibly helpful to him. And he's never even had a drink. Yeah, I mean, and that's, when I think about it, that's exactly how I feel with the anxiety. You're just a little, you're overwhelmed right now. Yeah. You're overwhelmed. Very much. Thank you for grabbing him. I really appreciate that. Well, let me just say this about myself. I'm going proportion. But I did something heroic today. And, uh, Sorry I brought up that Jerry Blavitt thing, but when he started doing his Jerry Blavitt awesome. impression, I was out of my head. <laughs> I go, you get a lot of feedback on it? No. No, no one liked it. I love that movie. The Geeter with the Heater, the Big Boss with the Hot Sauce. You okay? Yeah, hey, I'll be okay. Uh, well, I think that was a nice moment for you to have today. It was really, really nice. You're just overwhelmed here today. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it... I mean, I'm not, like, depressed or scared crying right now. You're, I'm just... You're, like, grateful. Yeah, You're exactly. having that thing of you've been noticed for who you are. Instead of just getting crazy advice from people, you had somebody who just said to you, what's happening to you is not your fault and other people go through with it. And there is something on the other side. Yeah. And it just, it just felt really good to see someone who battled it for so long um, doing so much, much better. Because it's been going on for years, and it feels like you're, like, I'm never going to get on top of that pile. And he's someone who, you know, has been able to do it. And, and when it comes around to him again... He knows what to do to get past it one more time. Yeah, that's the other thing that you're always waiting for this thing where the seas will come out. Right. But what he's saying is like the seas don't come. You just learn how to use the boat better. Yeah. You know, and that is gigantic. When you have the tools uh, and you should get his documentary, we should order it right now. Um. I would love to do Matrix 4 with him if there's oh. to go back and, you know, do this thing the way we want to do it. Yeah, really. Explore the character more. Yeah. Did you bring up any of my voiceover stuff to him? No, I didn't. Come on. Mr. Spock, we are entering the atmosphere for the world of make-believe. That could work in Matrix 4. They could build any world they want to. Dave, you're on Manifest. Hey, uh, yeah, Ronnie, uh, the key word in those 12-step programs is anonymous. You added Jeff Garland. and uh, him. About, he wrote a book about it. <laughs> and then he came on here and did it. Fault. What's that? Oh, he went away. I don't know whether he was trying to be funny or serious. Um, 
Here is uh, Bill. Bill, you're on Hey, Ronnie. Um, Fez, I really hope this is a positive move for you. I'd like to see you get better. But my question is, he mentioned about the, the stigmatism of being homosexual, and I'm just wondering, you think maybe you should give him a heads up of where, where your position is on that before you get into too much of a relationship going forward with this? Fez, there are some people out there wish to fuck with you. Right. You had a breakthrough day today. I th I th I think so. I I really really hope so. Let me tell it you. Feels something. like it. In life, I don't go anywhere without Chinese throwing stars. Now it seems to me that you've got your own Chinese throwing stars, Joey Pants. Yeah. But know this: if you ever try to attack me, my Chinese throwing star will go through the flesh of your Chinese throwing star, no matter how good of an actor he is. And just to get this out here, he's a great actor. Uh, and Hicks has jacked to one of his movies many, many times, I'm sure. Oh, yes. And that's bound. Oh, very much With so. the great Gina Gershon. Now, do you realize that we've had on our show now two of the three bound yeah. leads? Uh, yeah. Let's go with Tilly. Um, and when... Gina Gershon was here. She was wearing something that we sometimes refer to uh, as those are not pants. Those little <laughs> tights. Mm -hmm. And that, my friend, was an exciting day. Very much so. Oh, yeah. Miss Gina Gershon, very attractive. Yeah, I've already... Super hot. What, uh, I don't know where you're getting this Ed McMahon thing. Or Great ass. You think that I don't explain myself <laughs> properly? And I do, but this is, first of all, here's, this, you know why you're not getting this moment that Fez and I and Joe, uh, and Joey and Pepe and Pepe and Pants are having yeah. right now? Why is that? It's because it's a human moment. Oh. And you are not human. Well, I saw him hug. I was curious about that. It's like, all right. Um, Jason, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, boys? Yeah, Ronnie, I want to ask you a question. Um, I'm an alcoholic. Uh, I haven't drank for about a week now. And I want to ask you, what's the purpose of going to the meetings? I, I know what people are going to say. I know what the sponsors are going to say. Well, I mean, what, why does it help? Can you just Let me ask you something, help? Jason. If you're fucking so smart about all this, you're so no, fucking... No, no, I, no, I, I, no. You, you haven't let me finish my thought. If you okay. know what this is at, what are you doing at the meeting the first day? You don't know shit yet. Go there and learn. If you were so brilliant at this, you might not have gotten into this situation. It's that fucking cockiness. I had it. Any other fucking person out there has it. That thing of they know how to fucking handle it. You need some humility. You need to go into a place with other people who have beat it. You've been sober for a week. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't coming off cocky. I just didn't know. I'm... I'm I think I'm kind of scared to go to him, tell you the truth. You're absolutely, and you have every right to be frightened to go to him. But don't, you know what I mean? That's what it's like in the beginning. You need to, do me a favor. Go yeah. to the next meeting and say, I've been out, I've been sober now for a week, and I really don't get the purposes yet. And people are there to talk to you. Okay, and I'm not, you, I'm not here to push AA on anyone. I think there's all, you know, different types of ways that people can get off drinking or... They can do what my friend Chris Stanley does, drink himself right into a, 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 a life-wrecking. Yeah, yeah. Drink yourself in a delicious hey. hole. 
Hey, Fez, I hope you get better, man. Can't I love you. Climb guys. out of. All right, Jason. There you go. Talk to you later, All tough right. guy. Oh, everyone's so smart. I'm not. And why are you drinking so much? All right. If that's not enough for Fez, if Joey Pants isn't going to do it, I need to find out who was the boss today. And who was the boss? Uh, and it's not Tony. No. And it's not Angela. The real boss was Teen Steam, Alyssa Milano. Now, she's got a brand new movie out tonight on Lifetime, Sundays at Tiffany's. That's tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern on Lifetime. Uh, hopefully, she can help Fez. Let's bring in Alyssa Milano. <laughs> Milano in studio with us Sunday at Tiffany's. That's tonight on the Lifetime Network. So great to see you. Great to see you too. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, great to have you come in. Now to explain this movie to us, I watched it, but I want to make sure I don't give anything away. So I want you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's called Sundays at Tiffany's, yeah. and it's based on a James Patterson novel. Mm. And it's basically um, a modern fairy tale mm -hmm. about this woman who, in her youth, had an imaginary friend, and she's about to get married. And lo and behold, shortly before the wedding, her imaginary friend comes back into her life uh, to sort of maybe show her what she's missing in her relationship. And it's a really sweet, very um, romantic uh, love story. And, and it really is like a fairy tale. Had you read the book first or did you just get the script sent? I got the script first and mm -hmm. I thought the script was really sort of well written. And I'm very, um, I like playing women that you sort of go on this journey with, you mm -hmm. know, who start out kind of flawed and, and uh, somewhat messed up, and you could recognize that. And then you go on this journey, and towards the end, she's a different person. And, and so I really think that this script did that well. Um, and then, I mean, it's so great to be able to do you know, a movie and then have the book as sort of your, your Bible. Doesn't always doesn't always happen. Some directors don't like you to read the book. Yeah, and, you know, the script was... The script is different than the book um, mm -hmm. and just enough uh, that it's unique in its own way. But there, there's a lot of the book in the script. Um, and basically, I read the book for, I think, just giving the character some background and some uh, depth that I felt that even if we didn't see that on camera, at least there was some sub subtext to who this person was. Well, I also think that part of it is that thing of that other, that other person... And I also think that we give that 
mythology to especially our little girls when they're little that there's someone out there that is your other that's going to change your life do you believe in that kind of stuff or do you think there's a lot of choices to make I think, uh, well, I think, you know, you make the choices you make to right. learn the lessons you need to learn to evolve to the place that you're ready for that relationship, that one person, that special person. I mean, I, uh, I have a, a wonderful husband who is without a doubt my soulmate. And mm -hmm. I say that only because we laugh at the same silly things and we're so, um, connected. I know how he's feeling if I'm not with him, but, if I would have met him 10 years ago, I would not have been ready for that. So I think all of those mistakes along the way allowed me to get to the place where I needed to be in order to accept him into my life and, and be, you know, a, uh, a, a good companion. So not only does it have to be the right person, but they have to come on at the right time in each other's lives. Like you can't meet that person except for the time that it, it is going to work out. I think, I think so. I mm -hmm. think when you meet... I think, you know, cosmically, there are obviously situations where you meet your soulmate um, before you're ready. And sometimes those relationships can be uh, tumultuous or, right. or difficult. And um, I think there's also situations where, you know, you're not supposed to be with your soulmate forever, that they're just brought into your life specifically to teach you some sort of lesson that you have to be ready for. Um, and then they sort of move on and do your, do their thing. And, and I think that that's, I mean, the movie sort of is that sure. this guy comes into her life and you're kind of like, are you for her? She doesn't know if he's there to teach her this lesson or if he's there because he's the, the guy that she's supposed to spend the rest of her life with. And it yeah. sort of explores all those things, which, um, which I like. And plus it's really entertaining. It is. It's a fun, uh, little movie yeah. and Lifetime is always making these films now. I mean, they'll, they, Lifetime kinda, does a really great job. They're like a studio now yeah. of where people know to, where to go for this. And the fact that you have Stocker Channing in the film who, does she look exactly the way she did? <laughs> she it's she amazing. looks exactly the way she did. It's amazing. And, you know, I was so excited when she agreed to do this. And I have to tell you that every, you know, the great thing about what I do for a living is I've been doing it for 30 years and there's still people I get excited about meeting right. and still people that I get excited about working with. Um, and every expectation I had of that woman, she fulfilled. She is just uh, a beautiful soul and spirit, but also uh, just an amazing actress. Just she to is. watch her work was amazing and 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 i was able to learn six stuff. degrees of separation was just on tv not too long ago i, I watched Outstanding. it it's so brilliant but i think that's like 19 20 years ago now mm -hmm. and she looks just like exactly she does in the, the film. same I know. Uh, who are other people that you're just uh crazy about meeting sometimes um well i get I'm not really one that gets uh, starstruck. I get starstruck about people that aren't in my business, which mm -hmm. is kind of weird. So, um, you know, uh, like when I met Anderson Cooper, I was kind of starstruck. Right. Guys that are that were people that I, I uh, watch regularly, but that aren't in my field. Um, so you're a Dodgers fan, so athletes. I Donnie Baseball now is your manager, which yes. by the way has everyone in New York furious because I know everyone wanted him to be the Yankees. I know, but coach. you know what? The great thing about and Joe Torre, same thing with Joe Torre. Yeah. Is when you come back to New York. And you say you're a Dodgers fan. People go, oh, yeah, I like the Dodgers. You guys have got my Joe Torre now. Right. And they're still, 
still just as in love with Joe Torre as they would. Maybe even more. Well, you know, there's people here. in Brooklyn, and it's odd to say they haven't let go of the Dodgers, that still feel... This was my dad. This yeah. is why I'm a Dodgers fan. Oh, is that right? You grew this up is, with it. My dad was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan, and when he, they left Brooklyn, he grew up in Flatbush. When they left Brooklyn, he was absolutely heartbroken. I think he was nine. <laughs> and he tells these really romantic stories about uh, growing up and sneaking into Ebbets Field under the stands and, and you know, going to the corner store and, and seeing the players because everyone lived in the community. Um, and out of spite, when the Dodgers left New York, he became a Yankees fan, which most people went to the Mets, right. went to the National League. He said, I'm so heartbroken, I can't even root for a National League team. So I'm going to be a Yankees fan. Um, I was born in Brooklyn, then we lived in Staten Island. Uh, so I grew up watching the Yankees on his lab. When we moved to Los Angeles, it was in the 80s when, when I was doing Who's the Boss? And the Dodgers were having their best decade yeah that was the that was, <laughs> that was the, time the amazing be. decade yeah. um and he you know said well maybe i could be a dodgers fan again <laughs> yeah. and we used to go to games together when i was a kid and then we got season tickets uh the family got season tickets like 10 years ago so your uh, your parents they were kind of I'm not saying hippieish but definitely you didn't have the normal parents right they were Woodstock they went to Woodstock they went to Woodstock yeah, yeah. um they weren't they weren't they were more they were very socially active in the 60s right um and if I ever call them hippies they say we were not hippies right I guess they get people, upset yeah um I didn't know there was anything wrong with that yeah but you know they they uh they preferred saying you know me saying that they were socially active and artists mm -hmm. um but yeah they were they were definitely uh i it wasn't like an unconventional childhood but but you know I started acting professionally when I was seven years old um I was acting you know, non-professionally before the amateur actress, way, sure. way before then. You had the imaginary friends like your character in this film? I didn't or? have imaginary friends, but I had, uh, you know, my brother wasn't born until I was 10 years old, so I was an only child until I was 10. And I used to do interpretive dance in the living room right. to, like, Aaron Copeland's rodeo. You're like, right, <laughs> right, like, that's normal. <laughs> yeah, right. But when you get introduced to that kind of, uh, when, when kids are introduced to, to art as, as young people, you know, as a kid, they accept it, and it becomes, you know... It becomes part of their being. Right. Yeah. And it's it's almost, in a way, like introducing good nutrition or something, you know? I like, could not agree more with you. It is a fundamental uh, part of, I think, any childhood. Plus, if you take away, um, you know, as a lot of schools have had mm -hmm. to do now, if you take away these art programs or sports programs or anything, you're kind of taking away a child's ability to dream. Right. You know, the, these uh, these elements, I think, are so important to a, to a child's just being able to, to close your eyes at night and and think about you know, I used to close my eyes at night when I was a little girl and and think about, you know, acting and, and being on a TV show. Um, and that I was able to, to do that. And what a lovely thing. If you take away a kid's right to dream, I don't know how they get uh, any ambition at all. And you seem to sail through that okay where some kids, you know, having TV stardom introduced as an early age has been a, a rough thing. But it seemed to be okay for you? I mean, it seemed like yeah, you were I mean, able to handle it? Look, it, growing up in this business is tough mm -hmm. no matter what, in the best of circumstances. I had the best of circumstances, and that was twofold. That was I had parents who had been married 
from they started dating when they were 15 they got married at 20 they instilled in my brother and I what was important in life and none of that had to do with what I was doing on TV none of it no um, but also I I also have to say having the stability of going to work every day with Tony and Judith and Catherine and Danny I mean these are this was such a blessing to be with the same group of people for eight years you know they say that that a child needs to be responsible or have responsibility to five adults that they admire. Um, I had many more than that. And that's something. And I, and I think I was blessed for that. Uh, I don't know whether you uh, saw the thing with Tony about Phil, Phil Carlo's funeral. It was in the papers and all, but mm -hmm. Phil Carlo had done the show a couple of times and he just passed away. And a priest was doing uh, the funeral and didn't know Phil that much and was getting off in other things. And Tony stood up in the church and said, look, this is about Phil. And I think we should be talking about him. And he walked up and took over from wow. a priest. It was mind blowing. I was laughing so hard <laughs> when I seen it. But how is that responded to? It, uh, I'm telling you from knowing Phil, from him being in here, he would have loved it. Aww. The one thing that was perfect about that. So I always think about that, you know, that, uh, that kind of thing of friendship that can kind of move over and stuff when someone decides that kind of loyalty you have that in your life i mean if he's willing to do that in a church for his friend you know that you got somebody that you can call absolutely and that was uh seriously being on that show is i think instrumental in me in me surviving this business mm. pretty unscathed um they were great role models for me um you know, so where I, I was blessed to have, you know, many, many adults, including my parents, uh, to look up to and sort of base what was good about humanity on. But with a person like you or so many people felt like they grew up with, and I mean, uh, people just feel familiar with you, right? Yeah. I say that I'm the eternal cousin. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. The nice yeah. cousin? I am the eternal cousin, which I love. Yeah. You know, and I, I have people that recognize me that that don't know that they're recognizing me. They'll say, like... Do we go to high school together? Right. There's just a familiarity, which which I feel, um, you know, it, it's such an awesome thing because I've been doing what I love for 30 years and I still have a life. I can still go do my own food shopping. I can still, you know, do all those normal, normal things. And even when I'm recognized, I think because I'm accessible, there's not that weird pointing and whispering yeah. and following me around they just come over and say hey you know good to I, see I grew you. up watching you <laughs> you know we're the same age or whatever um yeah good to see you and and then that's that and i think that the uncomfortableness of of you know i i always feel bad being recognized not because it's any anything on me because i've been dealing with it my whole life but it always makes people that i'm with uncomfortable mm -hmm. like i feel my husband sort of get protective and you know my, my if we're in disneyland and my parents are always sort of looking around to make sure that i'm okay um and that's happened your whole life my whole life so for me it's yeah. nothing it's nothing new it's just part of you know i find it's harder on the people that love you was was your husband in the business as well or he's he... an agent actually yeah. Yeah. so for him it's not like none of the starstruck stuff works, but he also, anytime he hears stories of, because I'm sure with girls, some, you know, strange people out there get obsessed and it's something that people do need to keep Yeah, and he's for. he's very good. He's about as good as he can be in that uh -huh. that type of situation. He um, is constantly sort of straddling that line of being uh, a proud spouse of his wife's accomplishments and also being like a very protective 
husband. Yeah. Um, both of those things. And he, he balances them both well. Well, I remember in the kind of early days of the Internet, you were the first person who stood up and said, these things are Photoshopped. And I remember... These are fake. Yeah. <laughs> I remember how strange Me it was. Me at 10 years old, yeah. naked, <laughs> is fake. Yeah. And, and now... You know, everyone has had those things even happen on a regular level to them. But when they first came out, no one knew it. No one yeah, got that Yeah, and it was so hard to regulate. Nobody understood that this was, that things were, you know, copywritten and they weren't for everyone to use. <laughs> um, so it was, uh, yeah, I mean, my mom sort of spearheaded that whole campaign. Very proud. She was kind of a pioneer at, at that time. I mean, it was, had to be when the internet first happened yeah it was I just was when it was going down ago. and you would start to get pictures sent to you and it would be you know you nicole kidman didn't matter who mm -hmm. it was madonna and you're like what the hell where yeah. did these come from uh what do you got planned next is it do you try to make a movie a year do you do you, do you think about it a lot or what, what do you how do I you just, go back i just try to keep working <laughs> just keep working no matter <laughs> that's what all, huh? that's all um yeah i have uh, uh a movie called my girlfriend's boyfriend that was just released by warner brother Di warner brothers digital mm -hmm. um and people could go to Alyssa.com to, to find out what that means but it's all over like itunes and all of the on demands um, and it's a really sweet independent film with Bo Bridges, Chris Gorham, Michael Landis, Carol Kane, um, that I also produce and I'm very, very proud of. Man, um, you always seem to be in touch with these really great people, no matter what you're doing. Like, those are all terrific people to have in a project I, together. I, I, you know, I think you get, a, you get to be a certain age where you just rather not work mm -hmm. than to not be inspired. Right. Um, for me, that's that's kind of how it how it's been, and and I, I mean, I feel very fortunate to always work with people that I look up to. It's been awesome. But and, you're producing it, so you're putting it together. Yeah. You're the one that's saying, "Here's who's perfect for this role. Let's get them." It's and also it's all, it was also me calling like Bo, who I who I did a pilot with, and I said, "Will you do me a favor?" <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Yes. Which, so you know. Again, how great is it that he said yes? But I guess you, that has to leave you open to do some favors as well, right? Oh, you yeah. have to be ready. I owe a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I have a, a film coming out uh, in February called Hall Pass. That's the new Fairley Brothers movie that I did a small part in. Wow. That's, uh, that's unexpected to hear. Yeah, Owen Wilson and Jason Sudeikis and Christina Applegate and Jenna, Jenna Fisher. And it's a hilariously funny comedy. Alyssa Milano, thank you so much. Tonight, Sundays at Tiffany's, really, really sweet. Kind of one of those, a uh, kind of a date at home. You could sit there, yeah. a couple people have a Yeah, you know. it's festive, takes place, you know, during Christmas time. I yeah, and New York City. And New York which City. Which is perfect to look at at Christmas yeah. time. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you for having me. The Ron and Fez Show. The Virus. On Sirius XM. It's the Ron and Fez show. Fez, I tried to talk to Alyssa Milano about you, but um, 
kidding. I'm Russell Brand. What the hell's going on? Russell Brand just come bursting in the what middle the of our fuck? show. What's with Russell Brand? Is this like a running? Pushy. Come on in, Russell. You, you're all upset for us. Still? Yeah, yeah, I'm still wound up. It's just been, it's been a really odd morning. I mean, it, well, it started over the weekend. I came in here wound up. Uh, got in here later than I wanted to, and then... Fez? Yeah. Save it for Joey. Right. Save that for Joey. That's Joey talk, <laughs> not Ron talk. That's stuff that you talk with Joey about. Uh, Kate, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hello? Yes. Uh, Ron, I have an Ichiban for you. All right, what do you got? Uh, uh, Auburn's taking on Oregon in the national championship game after Auburn uh, walloped South Carolina in the, in the SEC championship game. So SEC, once again, is going to rule the roost and win the national championship. Fez, you got a prediction here? Um, I think it's going to be Oregon. I think they're the more solid team. I think they win the national championship. He doesn't know. You, don't, you know not to get kind he of upset. Know. You know not to get him upset. You know not to get him all upset about that. Uh, let's do this, what we like to do on Mondays, and that's if you had to BCS the pro football champion. Fez, who do you got today? I'm going back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. After being able to, it was a rough game, but being able to put away the Ravens last night, I thought that was pretty tough. I'm putting the Steelers back at number one. Uh, what about you, Hicks? It's the Falcons. They're fucking rolling. They beat Packers uh, two weeks ago. It's, it's the Falcons. I want you to both look at each other and figure out that you're both crazy enough to go and talk to Joey Pence. Number one, the Falcons have got the easiest schedule I've ever seen. It's fine. Even their next five games or whatever they're playing are all against tomato cans. Uh, Fez, your Pittsburgh Steelers got their asses yeah, beat. They didn't look good the last And night. then somehow, thanks to a great defensive play, uh, were able to have a fluke win. Number one, BCS in pro football from the frozen tundra, the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers on fire, not up. only uh, making the Packers look great, but making Blowhard look very, very scary as we go into the Ron and Fez uh, playoffs. Um, but watching that game last night and seeing Ben get his nose broken. Oh, that was crazy. And there's not a lot you can do. I mean, it was just oh, every which way. S-shaped. Yeah. S-shaped um, as uh, we go through that. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. It is the Ron and Fez show. Uh, did you do anything at all over the weekend, Fez? You said you... Had just a weird time? Just uh, basically the weirdness and went and got my hair cut on Sunday. That was about it. Um, I want to go over some stuff that I have here. And Fez, by the way, I want you to join No Kidding. Me too. You're going to be part of that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Elaine Kaufman uh, died over the weekend. Uh, she was the great saloon keeper in New York. One of those real great New York... Uh, institutions, Elaine's. The weird thing is I was just there a couple of weeks ago, and that's where I saw Tony, her uh, little dad there, her TV dad. Uh, Tony Danza was hanging out there that night. Mm -hmm. A lot of people uh, showed up over the weekend. Um, is it Fergie's boyfriend? Is Josh something? Josh Dumel or something? Uh, 
Yes, yes, that's him. What does he do for a living? What's... He was in Transformers. That, right, that's so he's what he's the, known for. He's the tough Marine yeah. Transformers. Mm -hmm. yeah. He had to be escorted off a plane yesterday for uh, refusing to turn off his Blackberry. <laughs> now, I have uh, never in my life seen a plane come down by Blackberry. So I honestly know where he's coming from here. I don't think that a Blackberry could have brought down a plane because I see people sneaking their Blackberries. Yeah, it's bullshit. I, I, it's, it's, it's insane. The, ra the, Blackberry, the Blackberry radio is not going to damage anything. So this guy's getting kicked off for no fucking reason. If it did, terrorists would be sneaking <laughs> Blackberries onto planes, turning them on and crashing <laughs> them into buildings. Curling them. We have got to... Someone has got to start and say to the airline industry, you're talking gibberish. And hopefully Fer Fergie's husband, the man I call Transformers 2, is the guy to do this. Hopefully he can get something started. They asked him three times to turn the thing off. There's certain rules on a plane. I don't know if this is going to interfere with the pilot talking to the tower or whatever. Has it ever? That's what, see, this is the point of this. You're so used to following that you don't know why. Why do you get into a plane and have to go all this, but you don't have to get into a subway and and turn off you know your phones and take your shoes off? They're actually trying to make it possible to turn the goddamn phones on on the subway. <laughs> it's the exact they, opposite. Don't they have to talk to someone? Yeah. Don't they have to do shit? And again, at some point, just show me a plane that got taken down by a fucking Blackberry or a little kid Sitting there playing those stupid fucking fighter games that they're doing. Oh, hell yeah. You're not going to suddenly see a Space Invaders go across <laughs> the radar. Or if I'm completely wrong, I'm willing to give it over. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ, uh, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Straighten me out, because honestly, I know nothing about flying planes. Except for... Uh, they don't fucking crash. Yeah, you don't need to know anything about planes to know that. Cell phone's not going to destroy the fucking plane. Now, having said that... Do I agree with Fez? Turn it off for five seconds, go up, then turn your yeah. fucking plane on. I mean, the guy's, he does bad movies. He's engaged. <laughs> Do I know anything good that he's done? I don't think he's done anything good. He's he only did, done Transformers. He did the Las Vegas TV show yeah. with Jay Moore's wife. That I know that he did. Let's get back to me, something I can relate to. I don't know what he's done. Has he done any other movies? Life as we know it. Um... I don't even know what that yeah. is. Yeah, that guy's a bum. What, what's life as we know it? That came out this past summer. It was the funny romantic comedy about the couple who get killed in a car accident, and their two best friends who don't get along have to raise their baby. I never even heard of these movies. Yeah. It was a girl from Knocked Up was in it. She All right, let a, me ask you this. Sorry, Mom. Uh, Fez got a long hug from Joey Pants. I got a long hug from Alyssa Milano. Oh, nice. Who's lucky boy today? Ronnie B's lucky boy today. I don't know. I don't know. Fez Ronnie loved B's it. lucky boy. Uh, Sean, you're running Fez. Always. Hey, Ronnie. My uh, dad explained it to me one time. He was a pilot. He said that uh, if enough phones are in use at the same time, it can start to mess with the instruments a little bit. But he said it's basically more of a courtesy thing so you're not in a small area with people talking on their phones the whole time all right i get that but why can't he be sitting there just crack burying himself well, hey, not I much taking off right now i'll be tweeting about it because <laughs> i for one like to see louis ck's drunken 
tweets. Hell yeah. Now, if it was so important, why why would you be able to tweet in the middle of a flight? Well, you can, with most phones now, they have a, a lot of planes have Wi-Fi now on them. And what you can do is most phones have an airplane function or an airplane mode where you can do that and it turns off all signals that may, on the phone, that may interfere with the plane's equipment. But you can still do the, uh, you still can do internet through Wi-Fi. Um, all right. I'm trying to go over this guy's uh, thing. He's done When in Rome, The Romantics, The Transformer Movies, Win a Date with Tad Hamilton. No. What the hell was that about? It was a teen comedy. It, was pretty, it looked pretty terrible. I remember the commercials for it just because the title was so long. There's no need for that. You should call it Tad Hamilton. And just leave it at that? Yeah. Hey, let's go see Tad Hamilton tonight. No right. clue what it's about. <laughs> Pull your room. Um, here's Jeff. Jeff, you're on Run Fez. Hey, guys. How you doing? Um, who cares about the technical part of the Blackberry in the plane? He's a grown-up. He's an adult. He's a celebrity. Why doesn't he just follow instructions that he's got to make a big scene, delay the flight by them taking him off the plane? just seems ridiculous. It's like he's a four-year-old. All right. I can understand that. But you know who was really also good at fucking following instructions? Russians. You know, we do want to have some amount of, hey, why do I got to do that in this country? And I will, I will tell you this. Uh, the other night, we leave Sleeves' uh, theater, which I'm going to talk about later in the car, uh, in, the, in the show. Uh, we're lighting up some cigars. Flashlight comes in. What's going on in here? What? And we're like, what do you mean what's going on in here? Well, we've had certain drug activity what the fuck? in this... Uh, area. I go first, you know, I'm thinking, it's fucking Maybury. Yeah. But I guess because when you're lighting this cigar, you know, you leave oh, you thing like, like it's a, a crack, crack pipe, pipe a little more. Oh, no. <laughs> um, That's fucked up. So my point is this. Yeah. Does, should everybody uh, behave? Uh, I get that. At the same time, do you just want to go through life doing what you're fucking told by the man? Fuck no. Um, John, you're on Run Fez. Hey, this is John. I'm an air traffic controller and a pilot, and the cell phone doesn't do shit on a plane. Like, it doesn't. If it doesn't affect with the, you know, it doesn't affect any of the radios or anything like that. It's just a distraction, I think, so people listen to the stewardesses telling them how to buckle the seatbelt and shit. All right. Now, so, what do you say to that, Fez? Now you know that the plane isn't going to come down. And you know, do you know how to buckle a seatbelt? Yes. So do we all really have to sit there like we're fucking first graders? I say yes. I, uh, the, here's the thing. That's the, the flight attendant says, please turn the thing off three times. He won't do it. That just drives me nuts as much as someone who, when they're telling everyone to put their seat back, back in the upright position, won't do it. I, I, I don't need one more distraction while I'm up there. Uh, you didn't like having a dog up there. No, it was awful. And, and that was Dukesy, king of the Dukes. I was pinned in oh. by a golden retriever. Pins. When you talk like this, uh, it really makes me feel like we're going to have one of the worst parties ever. All right, let me tell What's oh. this guy's name again? Dash, Josh? DeHamel? All right. DeMal, sorry. He reminds me of Timothy... Oliphant? Yeah. Yeah. Who, for some reason, I like. Yeah, I love I him. I don't like Josh, but I like 
the Timothy guy. Oh, definitely. Well, he was the he was a drug dealer in Go. That was a great role for him. Oh, it was perfect. But they kind of look alike. Oh, definitely. And then he was also the only thing that worked in Perfect Getaway. I don't know whether you saw that Hawaiian thing. Was it Alec Baldwin? No, oh, not that I fucking shitty one. The oh. one that they came in, the, the two stars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I saw it. Yeah, yeah, I saw and everybody I saw was it. all happy to meet that girl. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Um, Lewis, you're on Run of Fez. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, um, that, that plane stuff is bullshit. I remember uh, not too long ago they used to not allow little kids on the plane with their Game Boy. I guess they're thinking, like, the kid can control the plane with the Game Boy or some shit. It's just stupid. Um, all right, so, again... It doesn't have shit to do with Shane Ola. It just drives me crazy. Um, let's go over here to Mike in Halifax. You're on my face. Yeah, hey, Ronnie, I have to disagree with you very strongly. What happens, for instance, if Squeaky Fromm is taking a cross-country flight and she happens to get a call from Charlie Manson and he starts pulling some of that crazy mind voodoo shit that he always does on her? Uh, you would be able to destroy both the Tate... And La Bianca families. Uh, David, you're in front of Fez. Who you looking for? Uh, I'm looking for you, David. Hey, hey, I'm a pilot for an uh, airline, and my own experience is basically when leave our phones on and we're listening to the radios, we can tell when we're about to get a phone call because we can get the interference through the radios. So you you can use the phone, but we can't. No, I'm saying, you know, every now and then oh, we do. Forget to oh, turn let me have my own personal off. phone. Come on. You can't. <laughs> no, we turn our phones off, but every now and then when you get busy. How, how about this? How come when you're flying private, uh, you're fine with it? Have you well, ever noticed that? 866 um, Ron Zero Fez. 866 Ron Zero Fez. Uh, Rob, you're on Fez. Hey, buddies. Uh, yeah, I'm a pilot for, for an airline, and it's not the airlines themselves that are, are given the rules about the BlackBerry. It's the, the FAA. So the airlines just have to enforce it. Um, you know, it's, it's not Is a, it something uh, we need to do? According to the FAA, yeah. I mean, i got to be honest. I mean, I'm a pilot. I've left my cell phone on in the cockpit by accident. You know, the, the only thing you hear sometimes is, like, when you have a uh, your BlackBerry, your, your phone, your speaker, mm-hmm. you hear the... That buzzing sound. Sometimes you can get that through the, the headphones, you know, when we're talking to the controllers. Um, you hear it sometimes. As, I mean, the phone won't work up high, for one thing. But as you come down, you know, the last maybe 30, 40 seconds of the flight, when your cell phone's connecting again to the towers, you can you can start hearing the buzzing and, and the radios a little bit. But nothing's going to bring a plane down, nothing, nothing too bad. But the, the issue is more... You, you, they want you to comply with, with crew member instructions. So right, they want you to do what they want you to do, and that's all the thing. That's all it really comes down to. So let's stop acting like the guy almost fucking blew up a fucking plane. He didn't. But it's like you're at a bar, and you're sitting at a two-top, and you got your foot up on the chair, and a guy comes around and goes, hey, take your foot off the chair. Yeah. That's what the fucking thing is. <laughs> now, 99% of the time you're going to be like, hey, all right. I'm just, or I'm just leaning back. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, you're like, "Why don't you take my fucking foot off that chair?" Who the fuck are you? Excuse me, Tuffy. Maybe this is your day. I don't know you. Maybe this is the day you become king of the fucking bar. I got this money. Says it ain't gonna happen. Or if you do, you're gonna be the one-eyed king. Cause I'm digging your fucking eyeball out with my thumb. Jesus, just for putting your foot down. Like I said to say to the Portsmouth Police Department. Okay. Take that fucking flashlight 
from out of the car. Because even if after he said, oh, you guys are yeah. a couple of adults, uh-huh. lit a cigar, he also did a little flash oh, in the come, back seat. come on. What the fuck is things going on? And then he explains, we've been having some problems around here. You oh, have not. Bullshit. I see your adorable town. Fucking board it's, cop. It's almost like um, it's the worst. Chevy Chase could have accidentally got a farm there. <laughs> That's how cute and beautiful this town is. Coming um, up in just a little bit, it's Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search. Make sure you're following at 202, friends. Great prize on the line today. So you look very attractive with your haircut. Do you feel better about yourself? You know, I I feel better that it's trimmed up, but I had those vitiligo patches in it, and I don't know if that just looks insane. Usually... Let me say, turn around. Usually I dye those to cover them up. I, I, you, you realize that you're turning your head in front of the big microphone. It's not doesn't look like vitiligo. It looks what? like a touch of gray. Yeah. You're not fucking some young brown-haired guy stud. anymore. Stud. You're, <laughs> you're not some young stud. You already got salt and pepper hair anyway. Right. So to have a, like a little thing is fine. They just feel like they stand out really big time. And I didn't know. This is the Save first. Save it for Joey. Joey gives hair advice too? I'll give you any advice. Maybe I should start calling him. I don't know. Yeah, I got his number. Give me the fucking number, too. And I, I want you to be the only one who has his number. I'm going to text him right now. What up, Joey? Joey, any word of memento, too? <laughs> or would that be called to memento? Because everything is backwards. This business card looks crazy. It really, looks like he was really enjoying this pasta sauce. Yeah, they love this. It's fucking I didn't it. know it was like a, a new... Now... The guy says his name is Pepe, and you kept calling him Pep. Yeah, they was uh, Joe. Joey was calling him Pep on the O and A show, so I assume that's what he wanted. So you just jumped in, stopped saying the word Pep to him nine times. Sit over here, Pep. I'll be yeah. Pep. Pepe Come on over here, Pep. What's your nickname for me? Uh, I don't have one. Why? After all these years, you know how many nicknames I've given you over the years, Fezzalo. I'm putting this out to Joe. Well, you know, Joey, why, Joey's partner, Pep, said to me, uh, the average is it affects nine people. So I go, what do you mean? He goes, craziness. When someone gets crazy, nine people are in a living hell because of that. Oh, wow. And I go, why are you telling me this? And he goes, me and you were the same fucking thing. Look at those two. <laughs> hugging. Two grown men hugging. So maybe we'll start a sauce thing. Man, you'll start a fucking sauce thing. You should definitely start a sauce thing. That'd be great. The whole line of products. Why is everything a fucking joke? It's you? not a joke. It seems like it's a joke. It's not you. a joke. Would you give anything to charity, though? Or just, this I'll obviously say I am. <laughs> there we like go. everything else. <laughs> like when I used to sell shit door to door that fell off a truck. These candles are for us. We're hoping to have the band go to Europe. <laughs> What band? Some fucking marching band? I don't know. Where in Europe? Buy a candle. I don't know. There? Western or Eastern? I don't like Europe like you see on TV. You gotta help me. Just buy this and help me. Going to like London or something? Or I used to love to sell shit door to door when I was a kid. Anything that fucking came up. Just anything you can fucking anything. get your hands on. Just anything. Chill it. I love. Two things I love. A. Going in their houses and see how they live like animals. <laughs> B. Having that cash. Go from their pocket into my hand. It's a good feeling. I tried not to laugh every single fucking time I took it. 
I'm like, I can't believe you're spending $3 on this fucking hideous candy bar <laughs> that's going straight into my pocket. It's awesome. Now, when I see these um, fucking black kids on the street selling M&Ms, I'm yeah. like, kid, I'm with it. You're not fucking getting over. There's no basketball yes, team. Yes, there is. There's no nothing. That's why I'm not giving you $5 for 50 cents worth of fucking M&Ms. Go hit the bridge and tunnel, idiots. Oh, I'm hungry. I'll get some peanut M&Ms. It's awesome. I don't think anyone's ever fucking seriously uh, taking care of their appetite eating the M&Ms. <laughs> no. Because you've never done this. You never said, no, please, I couldn't eat another M&M. I'm full. You just run out of M&M's. Yeah, basically. That's the only way to stop eating M&M's is they're gone. Like, there's never a half bag of M&M's somewhere. Why would there be? They're delicious. Um, here's Dave Scranton. You're in my face. Hey, the reason that you're not allowed to use the phones on the planes is because they're the phones that are in the front in the seat in front of you is a revenue generating device for the airlines. So if you're using a free cell phone on the plane, they don't get the revenue on their phones that they charge five dollars a minute for for you See, to call from air to the ground. Uh, this Josh Dumel now just became my favorite fucking actor. We're gonna go see Transformers Three. It's in three D. I hear. Well, why don't we just call it Transformers 3D? Because that's what they love to do with this. Yeah. It was Tron 3D for a while, and then it just turned into Tron Legacy in 3D. Which I guess you know sense. everything there is to know about Tron, I noticed. I'm loving Tron. I can't wait. G-Baby's review got me super hyped. Yeah, G-Baby's review. Go look at his Twitter. I'll give you a fucking hint. I fucking... Uh, I called Chris Stanley last night and said, uh, repost... Uh, G Baby's Twitter, but put ha ha before it. So I want you to read uh, the 202 Friends, Fez. Okay. Watch how slow he gets. He always feels fucking panicked under this. All right, so ha 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 to the tweet. My HD came back, and so did the Colts. Wow, classic Peyton Manning. Unreal. He writes that just as fucking Peyton blows another game with a pick. <laughs> it isn't classic. And you know why I won't fucking give him anything after what he did during the playoffs. Um, here's uh, Kevin. Kevin in Houston, you're in first. Hey, buddy. Hey, we have a, a new phenomenon. I don't know if it's a phenomenon, but I think it's pretty ballsy. But instead of the kids going out and, you know, doing a car wash or some type of fundraiser to raise money for the teams, parents are just sticking them out on the damn street corners and having them panhandle for money. And people are giving it. I mean, that's How the, old are the kids? part of it. What's that? How old are the kids? Oh, seven, eight years old, nine years old. That's you know, adorable. football team, baseball team. Uh, let me tell you something. And I know... Dude, you're probably working right now, so you think. Yeah. But I'm talking to so many friends of mine. I talked to a friend of mine that's uh, losing his house in Florida, where it doesn't make any sense for him even to get the money because he owes so much more than the house is worth. Oh, God. So I'm like, Jesus, you know, because I'm like, can I help? And I, he's like, if we did, I, it would just let me throw in extra 20000 or whatever out the window. He goes... I have five friends, and we're all losing our house right now. And this is in St. Pete, Fezzi, where your people are from. Um, luckily, they could never take your parents' house. It's some fucking tarp under a couple sticks that they put out a sign that says the Watleys out front. So that's good. 
it, Professor's family loses its house would be like if a squirrel lost its house. Oh, no. Just go dig yourself into another hole in a tree. You're fine. Um, here's uh, Frank. Frank, you're on my face. Yeah, Ron, that last caller who mentioned uh, the phones on the plane, the airlines discontinued that service years ago. They were losing money on that function. Uh, here's the deal. I want you and the other callers to stay together, all right? I don't want us to give in to Big Brother. Why can't we all be on the uh, same side? Terry, Mobile. You're on the Fez. I bet he's got a Mobile uh, phone, too. Hey, uh, Ronnie B. Uh, the, the whole situation during takeoff and landing, two of the most critical times on the on the flight, the flight attendants and, a, and a, an old seasoned flight attendant told me this. The, the phones are not going to mess with the airplane. What's going to happen during any type of emergency situation your phones and laptops and Game Boys and everything are going to come, become projectiles and knock somebody out and create more problems than there really was. So just put them away during those two times. But they're not going to mess with the airplane. So basically, it's the same as everything else. Just batten down the hatches. Whatever. Why don't they just say that? Ladies and gentlemen, please, batten down the hatches. Oh, when we fucking hit the brakes, you don't want your phone going through a little kid's skull. I always go like this. Where should I put these Chinese throwing stars? How'd you get those on the plane? The ability of illusion. Look at this. Remember when you used to feel that way about me? Where, like, being a joy. It used to be a joy for you. And now, uh, Fez is just like this. He's making that up. Doesn't have any throwing stars on a plane. Why don't say, say don't that. say that. I tried to tell one hundred percent of the truth about everything, and he's a liar. Um, Bill, you're on Yeah, Yeah, guys. Uh, I was told on one of the flights that one of the issues that you would have is um, when you're flying five hundred miles an hour, your your phone is checking for a new signal and bouncing from tower to tower so frequently that it could actually do damage to your phone. Not so much the plane. Well, the, then it's, that's my problem to worry about. I wouldn't disagree with you, but you that's, know, that's what. I, I want the FAA and the airliners to let me worry about when I get myself a new phone. Sean Pittsburgh, you're my face. Hey, Ryan, be a buck three eighty, my friend. I'm so motherfucking tired of these motherfucking phones on these motherfucking planes. <laughs> Stinks not playing. That's what that was from. All right, Fezzi, I'm going to pull into this. I know that you normally have some things that you want to talk about during the day, but you're breathing. Uh, a little short here. Yeah. Even though you're friends with Joey Pants, you got everything that you wanted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that that was one of the things he was saying earlier. He goes, I had everything I wanted, and I was still, a, you know, a basket case. Joey's got some nice jewelry on him, too. I'm, I'm digging it. Is it? He's a lot of it. He's fucking wearing chains like it's 78. <laughs> I like the throwback look. The him and eight. <laughs> he thinks he's fashion forward. Fuck yeah. But what is it you want to talk about, Fez? This is Fez Watley's time in the sun. Well, I don't understand on these NFL games. Sunday night last night, uh, Steelers in Baltimore. Why do we have to see the crab cakes yet again? Enough with the crab cakes. We absolutely get it. I'm sure it's like the NFL tries to put out this thing. Uh, it's either the people in Baltimore uh, only eat one thing, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and that's crab cakes. Or it's, uh, we all don't know that crab cakes are big in Baltimore. Well, they're not big in, just big in Baltimore. They come from Baltimore. So when they go to Miami, they always go out to the Joe's Stone Crabs. They go to Philly, they're always over Pat's. Somebody's making cheesesteaks. 
Yeah, and it's we, but it's the same thing every week, no matter where we go. Always crab cakes. No, it's it's exactly it's a oh yes, we understand. There's wings in Buffalo. We get it. So I don't understand why they have to keep doing this over and over again. Well, for the same reason that they shoot the skyline. <laughs> I don't know what you know. What I'm saying they're saying to you, "Hey, we're traveling. We're somewhere else. Look where we are." So you would like to see them show. I don't know, a bowl of spaghetti in Baltimore? Just show something different. We already know maybe something that we don't know about Baltimore. Here's an attraction. Here's something, you know, here's another place where people eat and another food that they have. Here's the projects of Baltimore. We, we get that they have crab cakes. Show something different. Like what? I don't know. They would see they would have to go out and find something special about Baltimore to show. It's just a bumper. It's not an introduction to Baltimore. It's just to let you know where they are without putting up a sign that says Baltimore. And I don't see him do it with, like, Arizona or Jacksonville or Denver. I'm sure they have food. There's nothing in Denver. But it just, it's, it's, it's the same. You've had it. Obviously, you've had it. Yeah, it's the same thing every Sunday night or, you know, Sunday afternoon, too. Where it goes on and on. So, it's, uh, yeah, I just wish they'd stop. Me too, Fez. I wish they'd stop. Um, here's Chris. Chris, you're on running Fez. Hey, Fezzy. For someone who's really into doing the same thing over and over again, I'm surprised it bothers you. Well, I have some habits, but, you know, it's, I, I understand crab cakes already. They've been shown for year, decades now. So here's the thing, Fezzy. You're in the business. You like to bring something new every day. You don't like to go back to the tried and true. They are not outside-the-box people the way you are. They don't have that way if there's always a new improv. What direction is Watley taking this? I don't know. Hold on tight, kids. Um, Bob, you're on the Ron Fez Show. Hey, Fezzy. The only other option was to show an empty crack vial. Punching out. Have you ever been to Baltimore? No, no, never visited. Crab cakes are unbelievable. Unbelievable. Not the same as the crab cakes you're getting in New York. We should get some crab cakes for lunch. You think what I'm thinking? Baltimore road trip, this motherfucker. Okay, we could do that. Pick up some crack too. Um, Bob, you're on my first. Hey, uh, Fezzy, does National Beer work for you, buddy? Well, I don't know what National Beer is. It's the beer of Baltimore, my friend. See, show something like that. That's interesting. That's different from crab cakes. The problem is you didn't know it. Well, this I think isn't uh, boy- like it's. Not to, it's just to let you know where you are, what you're watching. Just like if they they go to New York, are you going to say, oh, are they showing the Statue of Liberty again? You know, there's some interesting places in Queens. But since everyone doesn't know it, they're just trying to give you, we're going to commercial and we're out, we're here. Oh, I mean, okay, but um, I don't think they're thinking about it that much. No, I guess not. No, I don't think so either. No, what they're saying is they don't want you to think about it. They want you just to know, here's where we are. We're in Baltimore. 
But you could be right. They could be showing other things. There could be just a close-up of John Waters. He's awesome. sitting there. <laughs> um, here's uh, Peter, you're in Fez. Yes, another uh, fact about Baltimore is it also has one of the highest rates of STDs in the United States. All right. Well, I guess they could show a clinic. That would be a little bit different than showing a crab cake. Some sores. Game after game. Or they can show real crabs. People's crotches. Fez hates bumpers. What else uh, you got over there, Mr. Watley? What else is on your mind? Stuck a little bit? Yeah, a little bit stuck. Uh, here's Joe and Philly. You're on my Fez. Hey, Ronnie. What's happening, buddy? Yeah. I-, I just wanted to mention, I totally agree with Fezzy. You know, time after time, we watch the, the Ravens. You see the... The, the crab cakes, you, they come to Philly and they show Pat Steaks. It's like if you were sitting down to watch a movie every night and somebody popped in, I don't know, The Dark Knight. Um, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Jan, you're on the Run Fez show. Yeah, maybe the NFL could show us the best places to get drugs in each city. Uh, that would just be one shot of Martin Luther King Boulevard. <laughs> I learned that from Mitchell Walters. You come into the town, take us to Martin Luther King Boulevard, would you please? And keep the car running. <laughs> Excuse me, youngsters. <laughs> We're looking to make a purchase. <laughs> we want to be in and out very, very quickly. Uh, it is the Ron and Fez show. Uh, we are here. Uh, on a, I guess we're returning to work today. I guess that's a Monday. Chesel, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, yeah, Fez, uh, to your idea, maybe what we should do is, like, move the football teams to where there's, like, better food or, like, more famous food. Like, say, maybe we move the Denver Broncos to Toledo. Toledo has Tony Packhouse, the famous signed hot dog place. Well, I'm not just show Tony Packhouse no matter where uh, we happen to be. And they'll go, uh, I know this isn't near here, but it sure looks delicious. Eat up. Eat up. Um, all right, what else you got, Fez? Um, the the WikiLeaks uh, guy who's, uh, of course, wanted on rape charges and everything, he says that the... What's got you mad about that, Chris? No, no, they're saying, they're saying they're rape charges, but they're not really rape charges. If you actually look into what he's charged for, he's just charged with banging abroad, the condom breaks, and he didn't tell her. So it's like a, under Swiss law, it's technically rape. But is that rape? Did you know that, Fez? No, I didn't know that part of it. Because Sorry. they don't want you to. They just want you to go, hey, when you bring this guy up, he's wanted on rape charges. Now let me ask you this, and I don't know what your story is. Does it have anything to do with rape? Uh, No. Is there any reason for you to throw in he's wanted on rape charges? End of that. No, well, there was. Is it. You see what I'm saying? Is this a story about WikiLeaks or is it about sexual aggression? It's about WikiLeaks. So, what they did to you without you even knowing it has got you to throw in a disparaging thing before we even hear about the guy. I'm just pointing that out. For right. You. So he's saying that the next batch of Wiki, uh, WikiLeaks that's coming that that could be released. Do you ever notice this though? Anytime they they show you WikiLeaks, 
There's always that Swiss chocolate. You're like, what else do they have there? I know. I know there's the army knife, the clocks. But the chocolate's what it's known for, So, though. yeah, I guess the edible-wise. Yeah. What were you saying, Fez? Oh, that the, the next group of WikiLeaks uh, that should be released are UFO memos, and memos about extraterrestrial life that uh, governments have uh, had inside their own governments and passed back and forth. So I was against the WikiLeaks guy. Now I want to see the uh, UFO memos. This I do want to see released. If it's about alien life, before I was like, all right, these people need to be in jail. But now this is brilliant on their part because these are things that people are going to want to see. Mike, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron, I want to go back to something you said months ago, and I've been thinking about it. When I was a kid, you never saw a good-looking Russian woman. It's 100% true. And now I think about it, I know the reason why, as you pointed out, they didn't want us to like the Russians. They didn't want us to feel good about the Russians. They wanted us to hate them. So they made them ugly, and all the time you saw them on the news. There used to be a thing when I was a kid that the Russian woman was supposed to be almost masculine, like, here, let me open that Mm -hmm. for you, blah, blah, blah. And now that there's so many Russian chicks over here peeling, dancing, Giving lap dances. Looking good. You say to yourself, not only are this these Russian women attractive and, dare I say, fuckable, but perhaps the communist system would work better than the capitalist pigs we give our money to. That's how quickly pussy starts to change your political views. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's every stripper is a goddamn... Every, every white stripper is a goddamn Russian woman. It's That's awesome. And they can pick up a dollar bill with their vagina lips. This is good skill. I should also say this with their mouth, too. I guess it depends what kind of mood they're in. Russian dudes still ugly, though. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, my high school is every other white kid was Russian. All right, here's an interesting thing. Weird. This is what I love about the planet Earth. You think of a woman. Who's better looking? Uh, You think of, like, uh, South American women. Women are attractive. Are the guys? No. <laughs> Italian. Women are beautiful. Are the guys? Oh, no. Greasy and weird. Exactly. Wherever <laughs> you go throughout the world, the women are pretty attractive. Look at Asians. The Asian women. Oh, they're fucking famous. People talking about them. You ever hear Broad sitting around going like this? Oh, I want to find an Asian guy for myself. Kim from Lost is so hot. This just doesn't happen. I mean, Hawaii 5 It makes you almost think... Honey, it doesn't matter where he's working now. <laughs> See, I'm playing a part back and forth with him. Because so obviously, well, this is crazy talk to you. You got something on your mind. What's going on? Joey Pants? Uh, no, not Joey Pants. Um, the, this Thursday, the Florida Clemency uh, Mission is going to uh, finally meet about uh, possibly pardoning Jim Morrison for exposing himself in Miami. And now, um, it's... Uh, John Densmore from The Doors is saying that that never even happened. And they have other people saying from the show saying he never exposed himself. This, this, this incident never occurred. So I think it just kind of takes away, fr- when they say these things, like it never happened, kind of takes away from the legend of John, uh, uh, Jim Morrison. Or John John uh, Kennedy. Uh, oh. The Doors have been saying this for 40 years, Fez. And Morrison said it too. They never said he took his dick out. He should have. 
There was all those people there. There's no pictures of his dick out. Right. No yeah. pictures of his pants down. Yeah. It was just something he got busted on. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's it... It's weird when you find out that a rock myth uh, isn't true. I always thought Mama Cass died on that ham sandwich, choking on it. And then it was actually kind of disappointing that it, that it wasn't a bizarre death that way. That it was... Crab cake. She choked on a crab cake from Baltimore. Damn. They were in Baltimore that week. It's ironic. We were just talking about that. <laughs> isn't it? It's fucking weird. It's fucking crazy. So I just always like to picture her in a big hotel bed with a big stacked ham sandwich. And you keep just going didn't right on doing that. You live it. Embrace it. Live for the ham sandwich in you. Yeah, so basically just a heart attack. Well, uh are we back to where are we at right now? With Mama Cass? Uh-huh. Uh, John Phillips said it was a uh, speedball that brought on a stroke or heart attack. Oh, okay. Uh, why don't we do this? We'll take a break. Uh, back in a couple minutes. You got something driving you crazy, Chris. Yeah, it's, I'm fucking starting to lose. Well, actually, some with Hans Zimmer and the Superman movies have got me a little upset. I think I'll get Fez upset, too. Then I better bring Joey Pants back in here in case there's more oh. trouble. Should I try to grab him? Yeah. Try, try to grab him. Okay. Uh, right back. We're on a Fez show. The virus. Sirius 197 XM 202. Ron and Fez. Can I kiss you? Scotty, Please, I don't... Can I kiss you on the mouth? No! Please let me. I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to grab you like that or scare you or anything. Sorry. Do you want to kiss me here? Scotty. No? What's no. The with I you? forget it. I'm, just, I'm really drunk. Uh, it's Ron and Fed's show. Uh, 
was just out uh, talking to E-Rock and Roland. And E-Rock, I gave him and Roland the very nice Alyssa Milano introduction. Oh, yeah. Like there's somebody. Very nice. Out in the hall. So E-Rock was thanking for me because he said that is part of his trinity. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, I have Alyssa Milano, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, and a girl from Kids Incorporated as my holy trinity. I couldn't help thinking, Iraq must have been the strangest little boy in the world. What? Kids and it wasn't even Fergie from Kids Incorporated. There was another girl. I don't know. I don't know. Is, he, is this like the, of the women he just loves the most in the world? Is this? The, well, I guess little boy crushes. Little boy crushes. He was like, uh, you know the way girls are when they have those little crushes because their little bodies are doing new things oh. that they're not used to? Oh. That's how uh, he was. Um, just like Fez's. When he was a little kid, it was always Chaplin, uh, Fatty Arbuckle, and Fez. Um, coming up in 10 minutes, we're going to be playing Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search. Be sure you're following. Be sure you're following at 202 Friends. Me. Everyone. Mm -hmm. And great prize today. It is a signed CD straight out of Compton signed by Ice Cube. Straight God out of damn. Compton. Fuck. So that is on the line today for Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search as the winter of winners continues. Ridiculous. Ah. I didn't know that we called it the winter of winners. I thought we called it winter wonderland. Winter wonderland. Winter With of winners. Ends. Yeah. And I don't mean like that when I say two ends. Oh. I'm not like Dick Cavett here driving the M-bomb right at one after the other. I didn't even care. Man. Easy, Dick. Easy, bro. <laughs> Uh, did we ever find out if he's coming back for uh, a must? Have not heard yet. I am um, doing uh, some Mark Marin prep, so I'm listening to his podcast. I guess it's called a podcast. WTF. It's There's crazy amazing shit in there. He's really funny and really honest to the 10th degree. Like, you know how much we lie? That's how honest he is. <laughs> He is as honest as we are liars. That's how far uh, he's willing to go with it. So did I stop you from anything in the middle of the plug there? No. Winter of winners. And what are we giving away? And giving away signed CD from Ice Cube straight out of Compton. Dre sign? No, uh, easy, Ice Cube. Easy e to? Uh, all we have on this one is Ice Cube. Easy's. Was this a solo or is this the band? Straight this is the band. It's Straight Out Compton. This is the hip hop album of the, of the decade, probably. This is the. I'm going to go so far to say that this is probably the hip hop uh, Pet Sounds or Sgt. Pepper. It's ridiculous. It's up there. That, that album is legendary. What was it for you? Chronic? Was that your fucking. Chronic was good? Hell yeah. yeah. And Aftermath? Sure. Chronic 2001? <laughs> I like Cold as Ice, too, whatever that thing was. Was that the name of it, Cold as Ice, or was that just his movie? I think it was just the movie. <laughs> I'm thinking about having some yard work done, so I'm going to invite Rob Ferrywinkle or whatever his name uh, is. Over. He does good work. What was your hip-hop album, Fez? Oh, I don't believe I had one. What was your album album? Yeah, I didn't have one of those either. Just never really was into music. Oh, come on. Yeah, Compton, fucking classic. You know he doesn't like music. What do you like, Fess? Joey Pants? Joey Pants I like. 
Joey Pants I adore. Who doesn't love Joey Pants? Why, because he listened to you? Yeah, he's very, he's very kind to me today. What about Joey and the Pants Tones? Is that something you like to put on at night? How much you want him bet he's jacking the Joey Pants later on tonight? How much you got? Let's go. You're here. We're ready for a bet. Doesn't matter what the bet is. <laughs> bet the sun won't come more, uh, up tomorrow. All right, fine. You're fucking on. Let's do this. It might not happen. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know shit about physics. I just put it down. I'm getting odds. <laughs> the fuck you again? I'm getting odds. <laughs> it's very weird because we're all kind of addictive in one way or another. Do you think, do you think you're more of an alcoholic or gambling addict um, or drug addict? What addiction? What is your top five fucking addictions? All right, top five in order is cigarettes. Number one, that's nothing. Yeah, I can't. I don't see myself quitting. Sadly, saying this, but it's that's a it's a serious fucking addiction. I can't stop. C cigarettes are really bad. Then alcohol, because I just have problems with alcohol and I don't want to stop. Right. Then drugs. Then gambling. Huh. And don't you even have a problem with being a clean freak? Oh, yeah, fuck that. I'm a soap dodger, as the New York Times article said. Oh, is that what they call you, a soap dodger? Yeah. Uh, that's It's well-to-do people not taking showers. That's what they have to call themselves. Well-to-do people. <laughs> I don't know that, Dr. Fancy Pants. Uh, well, see, I'm not Dr. Fancy Pants. I'm just saying. Those people need to give themselves a label called fucking soap dodgers. Well, you know, the I'm weird thing ball. is, like, you know how cigars are not addictive? Yeah. That's wrong. They are. <laughs> And when I want to get off of cigars, I go like this. Yeah, but then how will I think ever again? Or, <laughs> oh, no. And I actually think this. But then when I start killing people, because there's a lot of times I think, I'm going to cut that fucker's head off and then I think, or light up this cigar. You can't say that it's not relaxing. Oh, fuck no. And that's drug-like. Oh, yeah. Definitely. All right, let's hear your top four, Fezzy. Number one, uh, cupcakes. Uh, I would say... Crab cakes? No. No, anxiety and depression. Is that a tie? Yeah, well, if we're going to split them up, anxiety would go above depression. Um, anxiety, then depression, then what? Then I would say food, where, you know, even though, even though I tried to do better since the third heart attack, and there's the something... The weird thing is you don't even like food. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, but I will still catch myself eating something. I will still end up eating something crappy, even though I know I shouldn't. Yeah, but there's crappy. There's stuff that's bad for you that tastes really fucking good. But some of this, what I'm saying is he he doesn't even know food. Like if yeah, you bring yeah. up different foods to him, he's like stunned. Um, like when I talk to him about, I go, "Have you ever had crab cakes in Baltimore?" He's not interested. Oh, I love that. You know what I mean? Some. And I know that like, you think that you have a food thing, but. I don't see you, like, going out of your way to get great food. You live in New York, and you don't get great food. All right, what else? Yeah, I was thinking along the terms of, like, when I end up finishing off a box of cereal in one sitting, where, where it's more qu quantity than quality, obviously. And then, I guess, I'm trying to think of a fourth. It may be the scratching thing that I've got going. Yeah, I didn't even know about that until today. Because I've got a new crazy thing. Because yeah. I got things on my legs, you know, that I don't that I don't stay away from. Obviously, Let's my scalp. I got this one just got tore open. All right, that's old lady legs. That's I got these problems over here. Oh God, Jesus, Fez. 
Now, is that compulsive or you think addictive? Because, like, Hicks is talking real addictions, but your thing seems to be a compulsion. So. Yeah, it may be more compulsive, but I feel like I, you know, need to do it. It feels like a, a physical need to get my fingernails in there and start digging. Which doesn't help when you're on blood thinners. Uh, look at Earl's tweet. Oh. Turn out the lights. The party's over. They say that all good things must end. Rest in peace, Dandy Don Meredith. That Earl is a poet that's never thought of his own poems. No. Just uh, takes other people. Uh, make sure you're over on 202 Friends. In a couple of minutes, we sit down to play America's favorite game show, Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search. Do we have the contestants ready to go? They are all set. Um, who, who are our contestants today? Who's the returning champion? Our returning champion to search, search, hurry up and search is Liam Whoa. from the Sirius XM talent department. Whoa, Liam. Running shit. So he's coming back to defend his crown. And who's he going up against? And he's going up against Sam Roberts from the Sam and Dave show and the wow. ONA show. Sam Rockwell um, will be here the place, search, search, hurry up and search. Seriously, one of my favorite actors. This is Sam Roberts, not Sam Rockwell. You know I love you, Fez? What honesty. is that? You bring on the honesty. Well, well, well. The man who tries to sell himself is Sam Rockwell. <laughs> How are you doing with the bad disease? I know you were passing away. Uh, yeah, that was the rumor. Mm -hmm. But actually, I didn't even. there wasn't even anything I commented on. Now, a lot of people wrote to me, and I didn't get, for the first time ever, I didn't get to hear the Sam and Dave show mm -hmm. this week. I was off seeing an off-Broadway show by our good friend Sleeps. Wow. His Christmas extravaganza, which I have to tell you, extraordinary. I'm going to get to that a little bit. But supposedly they said the timing between your chick and Dave was phenomenal. Well, yeah, I mean, I get it. I thought we all kind of were meshing well. I only heard about but but the two of them, that they said that those two were so hysterical together. Well, I, I mean, I was there. I have a great idea. Yeah. You take a day off, uh, watch some wrestling, whatever you're doing, <laughs> and let your chick come in there. And let's just see if those well, two can light up the phones. I mean, she doesn't have any real radio aspirations, and me and Dave kind of already have our own thing going on. I didn't. I would never have thought that you and Dave have radio aspirations. Yeah, we've been doing it for like a, two years now, three years. I am stunned. So this is something you guys want to do. Yeah, that's why we keep doing it. I thought Opie had a gun to your head and was forcing you. I had no idea. We asked for the time slot. You sound like you're taking out the trash every time I tune in. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, I don't want to do this. No. All right. No. Uh... And, of course, Liam, our returning champion, is here. Liam. I'm feeling it today, Ronnie. Um, I think if Liam wins, tomorrow we bring him back to rock him like a hurricane. Because okay. he's got that personality thing. And Liam wearing the shirt today. I am. I'm representing. I'm here. Oh. I'm glad that when I don't see in Sam and Dave gear. Which, by the way, I still have the sweatpants, and they're really, they're really nice. The they come hot blue sweatpants. <laughs> Just underwear around the house. I know. I wear them out no matter where I go. I'm like, what <laughs> up? Sam and Dave. They don't have those elastic bands at the, at the ankles. It's very comfortable. Hell yeah. 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 Well, Hex will actually cut his sweats into shorts. Yeah, it looks good. <laughs> you do that? Does it? It's super comfortable. 
Yeah, it's like, yeah, cut off sweats. It's <laughs> a big deal. <laughs> Why are you angry with no matter what comes up? Uh, this is angry? You're the most furious person I've ever met. Drawstrings, electric, ele <laughs> uh, elastic waists. Yeah. It's comfy. Mm. Thank you. All right. See you over in Bed Bath & Beyond on First Avenue again, Liam. <laughs> I saw Liam leaving Bed Bath & Beyond one day. Whoa. His chick leading him, and he had a bunch of stuff. And I snubbed him. One of them was like oh. a comforter. It's true. Uh, by the way, there was a, a big um, water main broke over there. Oh, me your mom. Oh, God. And they said this. <laughs> this water main hasn't been looked at of since 1917 when it went in. <laughs> I go, one of these days, this city is just going to break in half. Jesus H. Christ. It's just it's all clusterfuck. It's waiting to blow up. Is it a city or is it steampunk? What the hell are we live? <laughs> I prefer steampunk. Mm, well, I know you do. It looks really cool. I know. Uh, by the way, who's the champion right now in the WWE? Uh, right now, it's The Miz. How can you still watch? What is that? The Miz. He's the awesome. The Miz, a reality TV star. <laughs> well, he's, he's, you know, he was on The Real World. Now he's famous as a wrestler. <laughs> no, I'm going to go to you, Fez. Uh -huh. Can you sit and enjoy The Miz? I do not enjoy The Miz. I actually, this is how bad of a wrestling fan I am. They gave Jerry the King Lawler a title shot against The Miz last week. Ladder yes. match. I sat there in my living room thinking. Jack it off. Jerry Lawler's going to be the champion. That they would actually okay. give it to the king all these years later. Um, anyway, The Miz uh, has got a big match coming up. He's wrestling against Jesse from MTV. <laughs> no. So that's going to be good. The Miz. What's up, buddies? <laughs> he beat Randy Orton for that belt. He won it. Mm, Cash in the money in the bank, but still fair and square. Oh, I don't know what any of that stuff means. <laughs> With the Money in the Bank briefcase. Is he going to fight Puck? No, Puck <laughs> is not a wrestler. That's a real-world character. <laughs> is it Miz? The Miz was a real-world character, now a wrestler. All right. Yeah, now the champion of the WWE. How about the fat gay guy from Survivor? Could he beat him? <laughs> Richard Hatch? I guess. He's due. <laughs> he is due for a big win. <laughs> no, that's not a wrestler. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, All right. No, he never went for it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys uh, ready? Yes. I am. Uh, let's get this thing started then. What year was Jerry Mathers born? Search! Search! Hurry up and search! How many stripes are on the Harlem Globetrotters shorts? Search! Search! Hurry up and search! What's the annual rainfall in Cairo? Search! Search! Hurry up and search! It's everyone's favorite game show! Search! Search! Hurry up and search! 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 Hurry up! Our challenger, Sam, from the Sam and Dave show. That's right. And uh, more importantly, ONA. That's right. Uh, is up against the person I like to consider Mr. Rock and Roll, our own <laughs> Liam from the talent department. Reigning oh, champ. God. So I'm, yes, the people's champion. I'm going to ask you guys a rock question. Oh. oh. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Name the only artist who's played for all three bands. House of Pain, Limp Bizkit, La Coca Nostra. Is that what they're called? La Coca Nostra? La Coca Nostra, yeah. Um, name the only artist who's played for all three bands. Got it. Liam first. DJ Lethal? He says his answer is DJ Lethal. You were still looking, were you? Yes, I was almost there, though. Liam. You win another one, buddy. Congratulations. Woo! And 
I believe this is a first, the first two for winner. Yeah, he's got a run. Uh, we've got a streak going on right now. What? And a record holder in celebrity. Search, search, hurry up and search. Thank you. Feels good. Feels good. You, on the other hand, Sam, have let down the Sam and Dave show. No. And the ONA show. Oh. And Joey Pants, who hugged Fez and gave him a home number. I didn't get a home number. Well, you didn't start crying in front of him and saying that he changed your life. True. Did you hear the uncomfortability with Fez? I heard the interview. <laughs> well, what did that mean to you? I mean, it was it was good. <laughs> Are you saying that you've never cried during an interview? <laughs> I haven't, no, but I'm still young in the game, you know? Mm. I haven't been in it as So long. Fez is old. No, he's just more experienced. That's not going to make me feel any better, Sam. I don't want that. I mean, Fez has more Joey experience. Pants is a very caring person. What do you need everybody to be caring for, Fizz? Well, I mean, I guess I don't need everybody to be caring, but it's nice that someone reached out when you just feel like, oh my God, uh, you're never gonna, I'm never gonna get over this. Over what? Something happened to you? Just this uh, anxiety and depression, the whole ordeal of it all. When you were a kid, mm -hmm. did your grandfather make him make you blow his friends? Oh no, because that would have been something that could have leaned back to it. Uh, with like old his old buddies that roll now, through. as I've always said on this show, rape is never funny. No, right? Unless it happens to a little fat boy. Did you have a funny rape? <laughs> I didn't have any rape, funny or otherwise. Oof. Not why, that not that I so, can remember. Then why are you so upset? I uh, it's I have no idea why it comes on so strong. By the way, when Joey told the story of the kids that held him down and urinated all over him, and the kitchen told him around. <laughs> Nobody else went wow. to laugh at all? <laughs> <laughs> now, it's really weird because I remember the kids in my neighborhood terrorizing each other. And I was when I was a little kid, the uh, bigger kids came over. They took uh, my friend. They chucked him into the sewer and put the thing on the top, right? The uh -huh. In the dark sewer. And I swear to God, I could, and I remember being frozen with that... Is all this really happening? Jesus. And I could hear my friend scratching as he was screaming, but the actual <laughs> scratch of fingernails on uh. sewer, right? Screaming to get out. And the bigger kid laughing like an evil, <laughs> like, like this is the funniest thing ever. And I remember just sitting like, this has got to be the end of life, right? <laughs> but 10 minutes later, we were all playing again. Shit. Like it never fucking took place. I don't know why, but then I guess people worry about it when they get older. I guess it, it, that person might think back on it and be like, "Wait a minute, I got shoved into a sewer when I was a kid." I, <laughs> yeah, right. This explains everything that's wrong with my life. When that horror comes back, I also saw this has got me. Um, they fucking because we, we all had older brothers. They fucking rolled up my friend in a fucking carpeting rug. <laughs> uh. They laid him on, a, and they laid him in a fucking. And I was next, and I was yelled, "Bobby Bennington will fucking kill you." And I just want to point that out to the little kids. Use the word Bobby Bennington because they're a fucking afraid of him. <laughs> Those are horrible Have experiences. Have an older brother if you want to go out and play. I have an older sister. Did, would she fight for you, though? I don't think so. She wasn't a strong fighter. Because I have an older sister that would fight for me, too. Both of them held, held uh, Hedda Holloway down 
uh, and told me to kick him in his head. <laughs> right in his fucking fat head. And I did. I was fucking just letting loose as a little kid. He'd thrown fucking darts into my leg as I'm walking down the street. What? Yeah, darts. Wait, he just turned, wait hold him. on. You're just walking down the street. Some kid just comes out of nowhere throwing darts? We might have been fucking yelling. Had a holiday. <laughs> fucking holiday. Milk duds. Uh, and the F word that we'd sometimes... But who knew that, you know, I knew he couldn't catch us. Then he hit us with darts. I went home. I said to my mom, I go, fucking hit a hollow. He just hit me with darts. She ran, got my fucking brother and my <laughs> sister. Go get him. They're the three awesome. of us. Where is he? Just fucking tell me where he is. They hit that fucking kid. He must have thought a motorcycle gang. <laughs> but now I guess this matters more to people. Yeah. People Didn't you see a lot of fighting when you were little? Yeah, of course I did. Yeah, I was growing up next to the projects. It was a fucking war in my goddamn shitty neighborhood. Well, do you feel bad about getting beat up? No. It happens. I got beat up and I just thought, sometimes you get beat up. Yeah. You know, come back later with Bobby Bennington. You fucking get even. <laughs> but I don't feel like, oh, I should have won that fight. I mean, I know. Like people just obsess you know, over their childhood for whatever reason. Because oh, I see you got quiet on us. Yeah, I, to, to me it's horrifying. I mean, I got beat up that one time where you know the 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 boys in the cutoff dungarees. Yeah, you told us that story. They yeah, push your bike into the fucking <laughs> in the ditch, Florida ditch. And then what did they do? Then um, as I was trying as I was trying to head home, leaving the bike in the ditch, you blew them. No, they uh, they came up behind me and then Fuck hit me, ass. punched me in the side of the head, right in the ear. In the rear? In the ear. Dick went right in the rear? No. Fist in the ear. All right. You okay now, though? Yeah, I'm fine now. Well, I care. Shouldn't mistreat Well, you. I saw you bring up the thing of childhood to Joey Pants, right? Uh-huh. What is this thing that you're so held up on? Well, it's just he talked to... I wanted to know more about him because he had talked about uh, going through childhood right, traumas. But, but you must have wanted something for yourself. Did you feel like you had a traumatic childhood? Yeah, I felt like I was just constantly scared as a kid. Did you feel like you had a tra traumatic childhood? Growing up, no. I guess I realized that afterwards. Uh, I guess it was kind of different than other like, people's. Like a lot of crazy shit would happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you just thought it was regular Yeah, life. I thought it was normal. Would you thought your childhood was somewhat traumatic? I mean, yeah, looking back, but what right. difference does it make? I think, Liam, you? Uh, sorry, I was checking my email. Oh. Did you call yourself a search search? You're you scratching your ear. Sorry, it Fed's Show story got a little boring. Why you don't pay attention whoa. to him? Oh, ouch. That stung? Something about cut off jeans. Oh, uh, I missed it. Why you it was a traumatic experience I was relaying. Now, uh, I was getting picked on again by the Those kids guy. fart on them. Then they Fed's, did they fart on you? Not that I know of. They, they might have after they hit me in the ear and knocked me down. I got farted on when I was a kid. Really? Really? It's terrible. Your own dad? No, no my, own, my own dad never did anything like that. Now doesn't you check that day? No, she doesn't. She doesn't like it on me. No, I don't fart? like that. Would she just stick her ass out the window when you're driving around? But she don't. <laughs> no, but she, she don't. She doesn't pass gas in front of me. I don't see that going down. Do you in front of her? No, 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 no. You go, honey, let's go in separate rooms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta sneak them. Sound like the deadlies. Uh, what are you going to do? What do you give a shit for, Fizz? Yeah, I wish I didn't. It just feels like... I just wanted to know how he let go of everything. Me, I tend to complain about it still, so... I, I, I just want to feel that way, where it's, it's done and gone. He made pasta sauce. 
Last five hours to try to win the Midnight Rider hat. Are you? Uh, what's the bidding up to? I don't know what the bidding's up to, but I'm getting in at the last minute, I think. Going to do one of those uh, oh, yeah. swarm in. Because, I mean, why bid now? You it's jump in at the very last minute. It's up in the 112. I'll put down two bills at the very last minute. I want that hat. Uh, I'll, I would go 280 if you did that. I'll just go, to blow you out. I'll go 290 then. Wow. Throwing it up. Yeah, yeah. fuck that hat. <laughs> that's, that's fucking not worth it. I mean, I guess I could write a bad check for anything. <laughs> yeah, technically. And then if you, you got your shit together, Dave, just get it cashed. That will be my problems. Exactly. I'll make it out the cash. <laughs> are you going to call Joey Pants later? <laughs> yeah, I'll probably Yeah, I'll probably talk to him later this evening. What are you going to say to him? I don't know. He wanted me to go through the, the, uh, the little blue book that he gave me first and then call him. What? So I may call him tomorrow. I would just talk about the Sopranos. What is that? This is... Uh, Oh, here's his uh, phone number. No way. Uh, this is an AA book. Yeah. <laughs> You're not what? an alcoholic, though, are you? No, and he said, take alcohol out of the equation and put in anxiety or depression. All right, let's... Um... I don't know why Liam has to laugh at Fez all the time. Yeah, what the fuck? What the I don't fuck know why Sam that? has to start fights all the time. Well, Just saying. He, like he said, fag, fags are funny. Yeah, you did say That's that. That's not cool, Liam. Uh, Don't say that shit. That's a tattoo. So we're going to change yours to uh, anxiety? Uh-huh. We admitted to ourselves that we were powerless over anxiety and that our lives have become unmanageable. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Uh, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Um, I, I guess I have to believe that because I don't feel like I can do it myself. Do you myself. believe in God? Um, I just, I don't believe in a God who intervenes, so I'm having trouble just on the second step. All right, so you're already in trouble. Number three, we'll try not to drink anxiety or go to places <laughs> where anxiety is served. Like work. Liam. Like work. <laughs> Liam is being fucking quick here today, Fez. Mm -hmm. He's on it. I don't know how well he's representing his reigning champion. He's getting the big laughs. DJ Lethal. I uh, I hate Liam. He contributes. That's my new Fez character I'm working on. Very hot down here down south. Um, let me see. Patty just put something up on her Twitter. Just got squeezed out of my seat on the bus by a 400-pound man who took up all of his seat plus half of mine. Get that man a crown and a robe and a scepter. <laughs> that is fucking amazing. Wow. All right, step four. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Have you done that? No. No, I haven't done any of these yet. Well, I guess the first one I have. Uh, put up at the top of it, uh, self-involved and cruel for yourself. All right. An easy follower. Doesn't question. <laughs> just does what he's told. Yeah. So you're going to have a problem with the God stuff. There's a God. All, it's a spiritual program. Right. Yeah. So I'll probably explain that to Joey Pants when I talk to him. Because throughout this whole thing, you've got to turn yourself over. For God to, to you know, push you along. That's a nice little book, though. How long was Joey in here for? 
six hours. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And he we carries have, those books with him? Yeah. For like 25 it's minutes. The guys in the pro- when people are in the program, they're like really in the program. Wow. Uh, here's the weird thing, too. Is like after it was over, I wish we were still running the mic because he comes over, he st- Fez, you know, does his Fez act like we've all had to put up with. <laughs> he goes over, he starts to hug Fez. Time starts going by, and the two of them are just... The great embrace? Wow. And I'm like, hey, remember in The Matrix when you did that thing? (laughs) Remember Memento? Screwed over Neo. Yeah, Yeah. he's in The Matrix. But he screwed over everybody in every fucking movie. Pretty much, yeah. That's crazy. I thought he did The Goonies, and then that was it. What? What What the fuck? How did he get in the talent department? (laughs) You know nothing of popular culture. Pantaleone. I thought Goonies and pasta sauce. You never oh. saw Memento? Never saw Memento. You never saw Bound? I don't even know what that is. Oh. I've heard of Memento. They write stuff on there. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that. What do you do at night? Just go to Bed Bath & Beyond? <laughs> no. Uh, I watch some TV with my girl. TV do you, shows. Do you drink? I do. Oh, yeah, he drinks. I do. All right, we're going to have a drinking night. We're going to take you out. Okay. Not movie night? Uh, No. Okay. There's no sense in teaching you movies. I just want to see how drunk you get. Okay. I get pretty drunk. And Sam? Yeah. I've never done anything with you before, so this is big. When oh. Liam gets back, I want you to, him to tell you all about it. Oh. <laughs> What's wrong? Nice. Well, I'm still out like four dinners for you don't wrestling drink. trivia contest. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. When is your wedding? Uh, we haven't decided yet. It'll either be fall of 2011 or spring of 2012. See, I beat you on that, too. I right. mean, you beat me on that. I'm, You've been engaged for how long? A year. So relax. When is your, when is your wedding? <laughs> July. All right, here's what we're going to do. Back time. Double bachelor party. It's on Fez Watley. Yep. Yes. Yep. We take this thing out and we get hammered. Yes. We'll make it like the old days, Fez. Yeah. It's when the madness strikes. Can Earl come? Of course Earl's going to come. Yes. The party Thanks. guy? Party yes. Guy. <laughs> party guy's going to be there. Hell yeah. <laughs> Fucked up. <laughs> Actually, when we went Davy Mac there. Now, did he lose his luchador mask because... Someone said know. that there was a picture of him with a blanket over his head holding the hat. Well, when I first checked the auction, he was just his hand holding the hat with his Go face out of it. Go look at the auction right now. I can't. This computer's broken. Why is the computer broken? Well, my computer on my side's broken. That computer over there is working. It's working nice. What's going on, Fezzy Lowe? Crab cakes bothering you? Oh, how do crab cakes bother you? It's delicious. Rock myths? Though, uh, I'm sorry, what? Bring up another topic. Something's bothering you. Um, Congress passed last week the Calm Act, which is going to keep commercials from being played at a different volume right, from the TV he, show. There he is. Okay, he's, yeah, he's, got a, <laughs> he's got a blanket. That fucking looks crazy. He is <laughs> fucking so crazy funny. He had like three of those masks. Wait, who did? I mean, the writer. <laughs> All right, let me see the other picture that you had. Is that, there he's throwing up scissors. There's his head. <laughs> throwing up scissors. I wonder who's throwing up scissors. They're scissors. The must be a fan. I keep going through. I want to see other pictures of him. And then this is the capper. <laughs> Does it make any sense whatsoever? In fact, he's wearing his special delivery sweatpants there. The Midnight Rider wow, log special delivery. Scissors up, SD pants on. And of course, it looks like he likes Frosty the Snowman. Yeah. 
loves Christmas, that writer. He's so holiday-oriented. Oh. It's actually kind of hard to tell what he's selling, the hat, the blanket, or the mural in the background. Or those nice sweatpants. Uh, I see Liam has to work. You can let him go. He doesn't have to stay and get by. I know he's very, very busy day. By the way, right now, who do you think is number one in booking? In booking? Uh, I would say... Liam's probably right there at number two, squeaked out by Roland, number one. Roland has moved into the number one position that Absolutely, quickly. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. Did, you, did you hear ONA today? Guess, guess, guess. Yesterday, guess, guess. It's crazy. How are they doing it? It's, it's all Roland. It's Roland. It's 100% Roland. Wow. Maybe it's the Wendy's. Maybe let, it is the Wendy's. <laughs> let me tell you, I'm very, that show is popping. The Opie and Anthony show? Yeah. I've heard I mean, such good things. They are getting more guests than the rest of Sirius XM put together. Yeah. But that's because Roland doesn't nap. Roland's no. like, hey, I got to be awake to get stuff done. Mm -hmm. Roland doesn't sleep. We had, no. we had the American Pickers, followed by Joey Pants. Booked by me. Followed by, no, that was Roland, I think. Followed by Dennis Leary. Booked by me. I think that was Roland. Roland does the book it for our show. Tomorrow, Robert De Niro. Yeah. Al Pacino and Jack Nicholson together. What? It's called ONA's. Uh, superstar salute to the 70s. They're going to start do it every shit. Tuesday. Uh, it's going to be really great. We didn't want to make the announcement. Well, but. the following week, they got Bowie, Elton John, and Bono. And the Ohio Players, yeah. which. <laughs> Roland! <laughs> Too good. The third one, I don't know about. But I mean, Roland's on his game. Yeah, I know. And it's from day one, too. From day one of being in here, yeah. there was no learning curve for Roland. I know. Well, Liam did very well. The other day he booked Mark Zito on my show. Who is he, anyway? And then he gave me a couple of beer nuts that he said were left over from a meeting. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't go down with Roland. Roland uh, brings in cupcakes and A-listers. By the way, I saw Roland and E-Rock today, and E-Rock said to me, uh, because I opened up after Alicia... Listen, was here. I opened up the door, and those two were sitting there like impending doom. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. seriously, like two vultures on a fence, <laughs> just waiting for her to come out. So I, you know, give the big introduction, as I'm apt to do. So Erog says to me, "That's two thirds of my trinity." Oh, and nice. I go, what the other one? Tip of, tip Timothy Amethyson. Yeah. Kelly Kapowski. And then the third. He said was a girl from, I don't know where. Kid Incorporated. Kids Incorporated. Kids Incorporated. Wow. Yeah. That's his trifecta? So, yeah, that's it. That's his holy trinity. And his wife's of, not jealous? Not only is she not jealous. He actually said this to Alyssa. My wife wears all your clothes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh wow. It's the first thing that he said. <laughs> and I'm, look, I'm glaring back at my guys like, how come no one told me she has a clothing line? <laughs> I would have talked about it. <laughs> Sorry, I said that. Um, this is their idea doing show prep. Ah, that's no, no way to do it. Wow. No. That's no, not how wrong, we... It's the wrong way. That's not how we do it on O&A. On O&A, you do not. Yeah, we type nice. things on the paper. So it's a little wrinkled sometimes. Who's having the most... Who's the most on O&A right now? Who's popping the most? I would say probably Sam Roberts, I guess. You're getting off the most Me, lines, the most one. jokes. Yeah. So if we were to do... You know how they do the O&A MVP every year? Uh-huh. You think you you got it? Well, you got oh, aside from Opie and Anthony and Jim. Uh, I'd say it's Sam Roberts, one hundred percent. So you're in fourth place. Yeah, you're one hundred percent in fourth place behind three of the greatest, you know, comic and radio minds of all time. Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. And who's in fifth place, right behind you? I would say Roland. <laughs> I would say Roland, definitely. All right. 
So yeah. there it is. That's the top <laughs> five. That's all. That's the only people we're giving medals to. The top five. Right. I think Owen A and Jimmy should take themselves out of the race. I don't think it's right. Well, they they are. The show's named after them. And then if I was to say who would get this year's Fez Watley Memorial Award. Memorial? Uh, yeah. Still alive. I met your soul. Mm. Oh, that's too bad. Who would get the award? By the way, I just saw this. Here's Joey and his. <gasps> what do you, and he wrote something in here. It goes. And it was really sweet. And this is the 12 steps and 12 traditions. He wrote, good luck, J Fatty. Don't, <laughs> oh, okay. don't stay crazy forever. That's what he wrote to Fez? Yeah. That's not interesting. He's actually <laughs> thin, though, because he's moving to start thin. No need to pick on Fez, Joey Pants. I think he meant it in a nice way. I hope so. You know what? Why don't we start and call you Fezzy Blouse as a way of acting <laughs> like you got your own nickname. I'll see if that catch, uh, catches on with Joey Pants when so I talk to him. How long is it going to take you to read all this? Um, It's very small print. It could take <laughs> me the rest of the evening. You think you could read this in the course of a night? No way. Book report. Um... No, it may take me. All right, now that I look at it, as because um, it's a small book, but it's but it's very tiny print. It could take me the rest of the week. Are you going to call Joey back at all? Yeah, I'll definitely call him back. And say what? I have no idea. That's why he's like, look over the book and then call me back. So now I feel like I have to really kind of know this book, have it down pat. He's going to ask questions. I'll give you a pop quiz tomorrow. Okay. Let me ask you right off this, because this is all about big life questions. Right. What's the capital of Algeria? I have no idea. So tell me if you don't want to even fucking do this then. No, I do uh, want to do it. This has to do with geography. That See, that I didn't know. I really got to get into this book. I got to delve deep. Other than crab cakes, Fezzi, what else is on your mind today? What's going on in the big cat's head? Well, they're saying the weekend is getting smaller. That due to people, uh, you know, de-stressing by the time Friday gets here and having to prepare for the next week, that the weekend really only lasts uh, about 27 hours and 17 minutes. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's a weekend. Who's they? And I don't see Americans doing anything but relaxing. Like, if let's suppose we brought people here from 50 years ago, right? And they walked in this room and saw us. If you said to them, what are these men doing? <laughs> Do you think any of them would say, that, oh, they're working? No. What we do for a living is called relaxing. The thing that you have trouble handling on a daily basis is called a pastime. So how is the fucking weekend getting smaller? That people are working through their weekends to get ready for Monday. Doing what? They putting up fucking houses? I don't think they're doing that. But they said that the weekend, really, once people calm down and start feeling relaxing, it's like 12.38 p.m. on Saturday, and then that stops at 3.35 p.m. on Sunday. you got to mentally and physically leave work, not just physically. Fez, you leave here, you go to happy hour, Tell you. boom. And this thing at 12.30, where are you? The first game is taking place on Sunday. Oh, right, yeah. It's 12.38 on Saturday, yeah. Right, and then when, you, when, when does Sunday end? 3.35 p.m. 
right before the four o'clock game. That's uh-huh. crazy. Yeah, that's not happening. Barely have a buzz on by then. <laughs> Worried about the next day. Monday's coming. You got to make sure all your work's ready. What? You know, you got to make sure. Like, I got uh, to start thinking it's like four o'clock. Are ONA going to have their shit ready for Monday morning? That oh goes my, my weekend. God. Your weekend sounds even shorter than this one. Hold yeah. on, Watley. For every, you know, I mean, obviously, this was another nutty thing that you brought up. Fuck that. Forget it. Throw that in the ash can. Oh. Here's the headline on MSNBC right now. Jet makes emergency landing after a dog bites. Oh, oh my gosh. US, U.S. Airways flight headed to Phoenix made an emergency landing in Pittsburgh after a dog on board bit a passenger and a flight attendant. That got sent to us by a listener to 202 Friends. I said do not let the dogs loose on a plane. Who let the dogs out, Fezzi? I'm going to ask you that one last time. Uh, I don't know, but this person belongs in jail for letting... That's a weapon on a plane. That's uh, pure and simple. If a dog is loose on a plane and starts biting people, you brought a weapon on board. Who, 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 who? Who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who? I had a golden retriever laying across my feet the entire trip to Florida uh, this past Thanksgiving. You heard his summary. Don't laugh at him. That's what we say. What were you summarizing? Just a funny song. Oh, sure it is. Fezzy. Yeah, it's, uh, I had a dog in my row, and I wasn't. I was not comfortable you, with it. There's three some... people. That row is built for three people, here's... not three people in a golden retriever. Good. I not only had a when I was on a plane. Not too long ago. A fish in my row, but then there was a row in that fish. What? Which is crazy. Holy shit. Yeah. That plane should have landed for sure. Now, if you had a dog up there, would you try to be friends with... The dog's name was Dukesy Boy, King of All Dukes, <laughs> or Dukesy Baby. I mean, I guess if there was a dog in the row, I would try to be friends. Got to make the best of the situation. I do like to make friends with a dog. Yeah. And start then petting I... and scratching under the chin. You don't like to make friends oh, yeah. with a dog? No, no. Dogs scare me. Why wouldn't you say this to the owner? How old's he? How old's this big dog? This big dog's up on a plane. You're not the pilot. You're not the pilot, are you, dog? You're just riding back here like a lazy old dog. You're not the pilot. Scratching behind the ears. He'd love it. I don't care how old he is. What do you think you do? You think you're piloting in a plane? Huh? You think you're Dooksy, Captain Dooksy in the plane? <laughs> hey, everybody! Look at this big guy! He thinks he's piloting this plane! Try to get a little captain head to put on him. Dooksy's bringing you a drink, aren't you? You're a little stewardess, aren't you, Dooksy? <laughs> oh, he huh? had his own you drink. Him? That Go he was. Where, who's getting wings? Who's getting wings? The flying dog is. Yeah, put it right on his little collar. He had his own cup that he was slurping out of. Lucky. Get well, up. I was trying. I wasn't going to engage the guy with the dog or the dog. I just wanted to try to ignore it. Some people see the ass is half empty. <laughs> Fez sees the ass is half full oh, of AIDS cock. Oh, oh, gross. See, it was going to have a place to end. Oh, yuck. Oh. Is the cock hard? Well, how else is it going to get up on an asshole? Oh, no. I'm telling you right now, you, I don't know whether what you and your chick are into, <laughs> but you want to have 
full fucking excitement level there. Oh, just gay AIDS sex. <laughs> and it it has AIDS, I forgot. <laughs> That's disgusting. How could you forget that? Well, the is so being, far behind us. Talking about it being hard and everything. I forgot about the first part. This dog doesn't have ass sex, do you? <laughs> Not Dooksy. <laughs> Dooksy doesn't like ass sex. Dooksy doesn't like ass sex. He's gonna fuck some other dog in here, aren't you? <laughs> I did not like to play with a dog. It was the best time ever. It's adorable. You could order a Coca-Cola and then a little dish of water for the dog, for Dooksy. We were Can't talking about one time. I forget when Fez brought this up. But he never knew. He brought up his, like he did today with um, the crab cakes, like a half an idea that uh -huh. he might have thought about of. And he was, as a grown man, saying that he wants the Red Baron cut out of the Snoopy special. Oh. And then people called in to tell him that that was the number one song. He had no idea. <laughs> you know what I'm going to get you for Christmas, Fez? What's that? Google search. Free. <laughs> sorry, sorry. What do you get me for Christmas this year? I haven't decided yet. I got a couple ideas I'm working on. Well, tell me oh, one. No. <laughs> no, I, if I tell you that. How I, about one that you decided not to get me? Like you decided this is a bad idea? Um, one of those Tempur Pedic pillows. You know what? Let's not even do Christmas this year. <laughs> How about. Just th that was one I decided against. How about Balloon Boy Dad's uh, back scratcher? Oh, fuck. I love that thing. What is it? Bear scratcher or whatever? Yeah, I think it's called bear scratcher. He got to attach I, it to the wall. Yeah, so what? Look how, look how it looks nice, though. I might go out and get a fucking actual bear to scratch my back every once in a while. Let's Dukesy's going to do it. <laughs> Aren't you, Dukesy? Who's the king of dukes? Who's the king of dukes? This dog is. They should have a crown for you. Well, he's king of dukes. You are. You're going to wear a crown. You're going to find your queen. You're going to find your queen, aren't you? You know how fucking fast that trip would have went? Oh, All dog. I could think of was they brought me a cup of uh, ice for uh, my drink. and you said a cup of ice. I thought it was uh, rusted on your ass pipe from getting banged so hard that it was just aching. And oh. all I could think was golden retriever hair it's flying not... around getting in my cup in such close quarters. Did you have to ice the balls down, too? No, I kept the ice off the balls. <laughs> Why? Didn't feel, I didn't need it. No ass fucking? No midair ass fucking? No, uh -uh. didn't happen. Too nervous up there. You gotta relax somehow, though. <laughs> I haven't like even Frank joined the sea level club like yet. Like Frankie say, uh, what's sea level? Is that cut level? No, that's, uh, <laughs> never mind the mile high club. I haven't gotten Here's into the, the sea level business. club. Um, still virgin? Yes. I know somebody would be perfect for him. Who's that? Joey Pants or <laughs> Peppy, his friend. Peppy and Pants. Both, both, both at the hey, same Pep. time. Hi, Pep. Hi. Pep. Pep. Did you try any of the sauce? Mm. He licked it off home. <laughs> what part? Yeah, his balls. Oh, back of his balls. Oh, the back arm or something. What are we doing here, Fuzzy? You look like a little lost. Everybody sounds silly to you one of those days. Yeah, just a, just another nutty day. What do you want to talk about? What's on Fuzzy's mind? Where's BC going? Um, there's a big cat. Uh, nowhere right now. 
I, I, I don't have anything at this moment. They had the story about getting ass fucked in the middle of a plane. Ugh. With an AIDS cock, though, right? Oh. I didn't know that. I didn't hear that part of it. I think that's what I heard. There's AIDS jizz flying everywhere. It definitely came up. Oh, okay. Well, so you guys did. are paying attention. Damien, <laughs> Damien, you're on the Ron and Fez show, Damien. Fez. Yes. Why did you not ask to get moved if it bothered you that much? He thinks it's uh, bad luck if you move your seat. I don't like to move. I just feel like as soon as I move, that's going to put the plane into the ground, and they're not going to be able to identify my remains. They're not going to know where I was at. They're going to think Duxie was me. They found three bodies in the row. One of them was a golden retriever. Fez's skull looks like a dog's skull. <laughs> Wait a minute. The dog's name really was Duxie? I have no idea what the dog's name was. But he was laying on your legs. You didn't ask? No. I didn't want anything to do. I didn't want to encourage the dog. I didn't know if like, if talking to him or petting him would get him all riled up and he'd be jumping. I, I didn't Aww. want anything to do with him. So well, you're new here to the planet Earth. <laughs> what was he the king of? The king of carrot flowers. That's what I'm calling him. That's a great song. Um, I will say this. Out of everything that happens with... If aliens came here, I think the weirdest thing that they would see is a person on a horse. Because they're going, wait, that animal is on the back of that other animal. And that animal's taking that other animal places. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> they are so fucking nuts down there. The animals do things for each other. That or, not, or us picking up dog shit. They're being like, look at that animal. It follows the smaller animal. And then takes his shit back, I guess, for fuel. <laughs> we will keep aliens so confused. You don't think they'd be weirded out by dogs on planes? <sighs> Who wouldn't? Dogs on planes could be the name of our new band. Let's give it a name. So I, uh, I, well, you know what? I'm going to break here. But when I come back, I'm going to talk about our good friend Sleeves, who I had the opportunity to see in uh, New Hampshire. Over that, the weekend. Does that mean I won search search? Liam forfeited. No, the search search is over an hour ago. There's one question? Yeah. I lost? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Oh, man. Got During the Winter there's only one question. One and done. I'll see Shit. if I can get you another shot later, though. Okay, I'd love to come back and try to compete again. Yeah, we do a, a loser's bracket. Oh. Um, work your way back into contention. Wait, what did Liam's text say? He wants Roland for the next search search. Fuck fucking. yeah. He, he's fucking pissed. Because he can't well, put guests like Roland can. Whoa. Uh, you know what? Uh, no offense to Liam or anybody else, but Roland's number one. By far. Yeah. It's like but, there's the whole talent department, and then there's Roland. Right. But then Roland's number five on O&A. Well, yeah, because... That's so odd. That's how far O&A are above the talent department. That's right. All right. Um, but seriously, seeing Roland with the talent department is like if... You took Elvis Presley at his height, mm -hmm. at his rockabilly height, and then it was a talent contest, and the next people up were dead retards. <laughs> and they were just <laughs> laying around with instruments strapped to them. Who do you think would have a better band, Fez? I'd say Elvis. Wait, let them both play before you decide. I don't want anybody... You know what? Fez is off as a judge. <laughs> Let's let them both perform before we judge. All right, I will... Uh, be back in a few moments with a review of Sleeve Show. Uh, it's a run show. 
You're listening to the Ron and Fez Show on the virus. Here is 197 XM 202. Feeling pretty good So la 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 Taking my time on the la 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 Snow falling down in the la 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 Everybody singing like la 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 Decking all the hall with the la 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 Making my way to the la 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 That's our good buddies, Sleeves. Uh, Sleeves just wrapped up a couple of uh, weeks that he was playing in. Is it Portsmouth? Is that the name of it? Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Uh, New Hampshire, which is almost Maine. Uh, now, when I left here the other day, uh, left from the studio, went up to New Hampshire to get a chance to catch uh, Sleeves. Um, I didn't let him know I was coming. I just wanted to grab a <laughs> little awesome. seat in the back and, and check great. it out. Uh, and I get up here, and it's you know it's a pretty good hall, uh, but it's like a little theater in the round, just so gorgeous. That's awesome. And it was all set up, and I'm like, I said, oh, man, sleeves is going to end up saying this. I hope it doesn't, you know, weird him at all. <laughs> um, but this theater is so gorgeous, like a brick wall, and the, and the town is just perfect. And it was one of these deals where, like, go ahead and make yourself some tea. You can take the cups and, like, oh, like wow. metal cups and all. So it was like, I mean, uh, like uh, ceramic cups. So I go in, and on the way up, we were talking about sleeves, and I'm like, I think it's going to be really good. I go, the problem, of course, is that sleeve stuff is like theater of the mind. Yeah. He builds these stories, you know. So obviously, it won't be the same, you know, seeing him do it live, but it's still going to be, you know, cool. Within seconds, I lost that opinion. Seconds. Uh, 
sleeves come out. He's doing this play that is kind of loosely based on a Christmas carol, except for the Ebenezer Scrooge part is a talk radio host. So sleeves is more like let's plan this guy who's a kind of a talk radio shock jock, right? And he's got, first of all, I don't know if Sleeves is responsible or like the director. It's a one-person play. But it was the coolest little set uh, where the board that is also a piano that he can start playing, but it it looks like it's got a, you know, like it's a, a studio. And he starts, and he's taking phone calls, and they're taped phone calls. But the people, it's like paranoid. What? It's Mikey Boy, <laughs> it's GVAC, it's Blowhard, uh, and he was, I, I don't even know, begin to tell you when I'm saying he was, a, he was great. It wasn't like, oh, I saw my friend and my friend was great. Yeah. I mean, I was at a great show. I was at an amazing show, and it became like uh, clear to me a couple of times that my mouth was hanging open like a little kid. Holy like, shit. I was just blown away. And people, like, the songs were great, and it was funny. But then there was other things. When he gets into a story, I looked around, and people were, like, wiping tears. I mean, he's an amazing storyteller. And he held this uh, place in just the palm of his hands. And I know I've been very, very lucky in my life to know just a ton of talented people. Uh, and I'm a big fan of theater, and I'm a big fan of comedy, big fan of music, and it had all those things all from one person. And I'm telling you, th there was genius in this work. I mean, absolute brilliance just throughout the whole piece, and I was just stunned. But it was really fun to me during the intermission to hear other people talking about our friends. Like, I'd be getting my OT, and people are like, yeah, it's like... Tom Waits, but if Tom <laughs> Waits awesome. was in Radiohead, you know, what? like they were just laying, like when you try to figure out who sleeves this, it was, and like I'm doing that thing of like eavesdropping, <laughs> just stirring my sugar in and feeling like good about myself uh, because I, I know the guy. He is an amazing, an amazing performer. Um, here's uh, Bill. Bill, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, how are you? Good. Uh, I made it to the show yesterday, and uh, a couple of observations I had. The the first one was a woman reading the program, and she said, character is based on the Ron and Fez show. And then the woman next to her said, what kind of name is Fez? I got a, <laughs> I got a great belly laugh out of that one. And um, the other one, I brought my fiance with me who has no knowledge of the Ron and Fez show, no knowledge of who Sleeves is. I said, let's go see the show. It's going to be great. And just... We were mesmerized by the, the storytelling power he had. It was such a great show. She really loved it. And well, I, mean, you know, I met him after. It was wonderful. Well, here's the weird thing, too, is like, you know, to go along with that, is like when I was watching Sleeves do this, I wasn't thinking, oh, God, I know the guy. I mean, I just went away. I just followed him down this thing. and I mean, he is, I didn't know he was an actor. I mean, it's a really tough thing to act in a small theater by yourself, the audience really has to take that leap with you. And I mean, I was gone, and he stayed with it. 
for I don't know what it was, Bill, like an hour and a half, but he two, did, he, 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 two hours. Yeah, that show ran about two hours with the intermission. The intermission was like ten minutes. It was phenomenal, just a phenomenal thing to be able to pull that off, and um, I, I just can't say enough. And you know, and like people are always like, you know, sleeves should be doing this and sleeves. Should, all that is true, but I'm not even going to play that game of anything but the content of what I saw was so impressive that I, I couldn't believe it. And I know enough about this kind of business to know that he had to put so much time in it. I mean, I could see how many different aspects that you're interacting with tape voices and you've got songs that go to and music cues. And I'm like, I wish we had that kind of dedication. I wish, you know, beyond just the talent, which you don't even start to compare yourself with, but that love to pull something off was just amazing to see. Um, Steve, you're on the Run of First Show. Hey, Ron. I had a couple of points and a comment about that show. I went on a Saturday night. Uh, first thing was that theater. It was perfect Portsmouth for a theater. It was just the 200-year-old building. It was really dark and small. Nobody spent any money on the seats. Uh, well, it the seats looked like show. they were all pulled from somewhere else. It was great. Yeah, and the other point, uh, he was the sledgehammer. He was the sledgehammer. And my only other comment was is I took my girl there, and all we wanted to do was stand up and go help him open up the pill bottles. But we I know, man. <laughs> like you fall into that. You know what I mean? Like you fall into that gimmick. He's dressed all up in his sleeves gear, right? I've seen pictures of it. it, it he's... Well, that's the other thing, and I didn't even ask him, like, I don't even know, like, is his hair really that long, <laughs> or is that really his beard? I'm Sorry. telling you, dude, I, and, you know, we had um, Joey Pants in here today, who's a great actor. I'd be proud to show that to anybody in New York Sounds amazing. or in Hollywood. I mean, I would, and I go to New York theater, and I'm telling you, there's, uh, Sleeves is phenomenal. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like he's so cool to to pick that little theater for that reason. And it was also this thing of we've even got some people here from New York City in our audience. She's making this announcement. See if you can yeah. guess who they are. I'm like, what? Are the people all dressed in black. <laughs> um, I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed it, Steve. Oh yeah, it was it was a great show. I. I, I have so. I mean, I have respect for sleeves before, but now it's just. I have a picture through all those songs from his face, and it's uh, it's one of those things where you never knew there was talent like that much talent. Well, that's the thing. Like you're saying, like we all from the beginning were like, well, sleeves is brilliant, but I don't think I really got. I I didn't know that he was that brilliant, and when I'm I'm not just talking about g genius. I'm talking about unique genius. It's not like, oh, if Sleeves wasn't in that, somebody else. No, you no. just you just wouldn't even have it. It's his own creation. It's yeah. own world that he's created. Um, it's just stunning. Stunning. All right, thanks, Steve. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Kevin, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron and Fez. How you doing? Uh, the skating story that you guys played last last Christmas season that he did, that Sleeves did, 
I was driving through Chicago. I've been that way millions of times, so I knew the exit I was supposed to turn. By the time he got done with the story, I was 15 miles past my exit, and I had no idea I'd even passed it. I mean, he sucked me into the story, and he's so damn powerful that I even got my 67-year-old mother to get on the computer and look him up so she could get into it. It's, I can't imagine. I can't imagine what this new story would be like. Uh, it, it, you know, the the weirdest thing about it is, I just always thought to myself, well, it really helps just to hear the story, to be listening to it, because your imagination can run wild. But I'm sitting there, and he's on this kind of stage by himself, and then the imagination start. You know, as he's telling the story the parts fill up around him and I'm, it it was stunning stunning to see and i've had so many of my friends do one man shows before some of them are very successful and in a way it just becomes like you know an elaborate stand up like stand up with a nice set yeah, or yeah, yeah. i'm going to stay on one subject i'm talking about theater i'm talking about acting and writing i mean he didn't need anyone else it was crazy good. And then the other thing about sleeves is like, I went to like share that with them later. And I saw him kind of deflecting like, oh, yeah, thanks. You know, because <laughs> you know, he doesn't let all that in. You know, he's not this crazy, ambitious guy like most of the people that we know. It all really seems to be about uh, content with him. Uh, Lawson, you're manifest. Yeah, I, I actually have been lucky enough to work with Sleeves for the past, well, not work with him, but know him for about three years. And I went to videotape his show when he did Adam's Motion in the Void like two years ago. And it's amazing to watch him work because he just, like you said, I mean, I knew the script. I had seen it 50 times rehearsing it, you know, in my head to shoot it. And when he got on stage and he did it live, it was, it was unbelievable. It was just amazing to watch. You know, it was crazy. I've never even asked him much about his background. I just always thought, uh, this kind of quirky, cool, you know, unique throwback kind of talent to like a different age. But I mean, his acting chops were, it yeah. stunned me. And even the set, he, he built that himself. Cause it's funny. A lot of times we'll email back and forth and he'll send me an email. Like I have this idea for a, for a desk. I'm going to take some steel or, you know, whatever copper and smack it into this, this desk and put a keyboard in it. And like, a couple of days later, you'll send a picture of it. It's all done. Yeah, I mean, that alone was genius. And before it even started, I went off on the stage to look to see how it was put together. I mean, it was awesome. phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. There wasn't one part of it. And like I said, this is as good as you will see anywhere. Anywhere yeah. in the country. You could take that show to Chicago, San Francisco, L.A., New York City. didn't matter where you went with that show. Uh, phenomenal. All right, thanks, Lawson. Yeah. Um, by the way, Sleeves has got uh, new Christmas stuff out that uh, we'll give a couple of them out, but you'll be able to buy some CDs or get them first on iTunes, uh, which is extremely cool. And a lot of the is a lot of the Christmas music. That's yeah, on Christmas there? music's on there. It's like a compilation. There's new stuff and there's old stuff from his past cities too. It's called Tourniquets and Windmills. Um, John, you're on the Run of Fish show. Yeah, hey, Ronnie. You know, we've been all listening to him for so long, thanks to your show. And I was just wondering, is there a way uh, to, to take some some Ron and Fez time or some O&A time and get him a little, you know, half hour, hour of AMV or something like that on the virus? I know it's not a perfect fit. It's more of a national public radio thing. 
but you've got the cultural end. Well, you we, we, yeah, we've uh, played his stuff on the weekends before, and we've turned it on to people. But um, to me, you know, after seeing him, why aim so low? Seriously. Um, it sounds amazing. It sounds ridiculous because I, I feel like I have like a sense of what it would be like. But like, like you just said, it it fucking blows it away. I I had a sense of what it was going to be like. Yeah. And I was completely wrong. <laughs> I mean, I was completely, I thought, this is going to be really good. This is going to be great. And then I felt like, I mean, within minutes, like, Shh. I had no idea. I had no idea after being a fan of his for years. No idea he was that good. He's extraordinary. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Fez, we've got your big uh, party this weekend. Are you oh, yeah. ready for it? Uh, not quite ready. I'm oh. still having trouble arranging chairs through my building, but everything, hopefully everything will be set. Mm. That That is the plan because I'm a little nervous about it. I just want everything to go really well. Oh. Uh, Eric, you're on the run of Fez show. What's up, Oh, look at this. Our old buddy Eric. Thank you, buddy. Uh, I'm really curious to see this play. Is Sleeves going to release it online or on DVD? Did he talk to you, Ronnie? No, I, I didn't it? ask him about that kind of stuff. But I really would like to see him again. I don't want to tell anybody else what to do. But because I, I love listening to him and stuff. But I'm not sure if you'd, you'd want to sit there and watch this thing as a video. I really do feel like you need to be in, in a theater for just his one-man stuff. But in the meantime, I, I would push... Sleeves to do TV, movies, CDs, books. I mean, it's stunning. Stunning how great that guy is. Is there any talk that he's going to bring in, like, a Northeast tour? Was that possible? You know, I, mean, I, I would always just ask him. I know yeah, we I would might... support him no matter what he ever wanted to do. RadioGhost.com. Yeah. What's it called? RadioGhost.com. Scary. Uh, <laughs> Captain Jack, you're on the run of Fest show. It's called Space Radio Ghost. Hey, buddies. Um, I went on, if anybody hasn't checked it out, Sleeve's podcast is really amazing, especially if uh, if you're into literature. His podcast is is really very, very good. Yeah, it's crazy good. Yeah, uh, it's pretty impressive. I mean, I didn't know that that content was out there, but he he really does a pretty fantastic job. Yeah, he he, and I really thought he was just, for lack of a better word, um just some kind of NPR mm -hmm. great storyteller yeah. like to have on there. But after seeing him the other night, that's only one part of what he is, you know? Um, here's uh, Steve. Steve, you're on Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah. How about, Ronnie, you uh, you introduce him to the world with an unmasked? Well, he, I think the kind of cool thing about sleeves is to keep it masked. You know, I'm all for whatever kind of special that he'd ever want to do. But I think that the character that he's created um, and what he does with it is like the coolest thing about it. I almost even want to know less. You know what I mean? <laughs> I almost want to keep it as is or isn't he. Because like, even sitting there, and I did, I ended up sitting in the front row, which I, you know, was crazy, but I couldn't tell where Sleeves the person was and Sleeves the character was. That's great. It's perfect. It sounds perfect. It's almost like, all right, 
he's created Sleeves, right? Yeah. And then Sleeves goes and writes songs and wrote himself into a play. Like, the character <laughs> in the play wasn't Sleeves. Okay. It was the sledgehammer, Steve King, played by Sleeves, who was created by, by our friend. Yeah. Oh, man, that's fucking great. Um, John, John, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Hey, I just wanted to find out, what's Sleeves' background? The only time I've heard of him is from your show. And, uh, you know, just an anomaly there. And uh, I just wanted to know, what's his background? How do, you, how do you get to be where he is? I could not begin to tell you. I mean, he's sent us songs and we've played them. Um, but generally, I just, I kind of think of him as Sleeves. And yes, I do know who the artist is. But then I kind of, just in the way that, you know, sleeves support Christmas, you don't really want to dissect Christmas either. <laughs> no, you know, of course not. You dig or you don't. Um, I know he does live up there in, in New Hampshire. I know he sent us stuff, and he's been on NPR in New Hampshire, and I believe in Chicago and other places. I know that his stuff alone is better than any stuff I hear on NPR, and they've had great people over the years uh, but I definitely know he's and I, I said this to him a long time I go you're just a, a corner that hasn't been turned yet people aren't going to know what to do with you right away because this is just different just completely unique it's the best kind of shit what you're doing and there's some ways of just saying oh he should do this he should do that but before I even get to those point I just want to uh, just freak out over how great the content is. It's just great stuff. Kyle, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B., it's Carly. I'm like Sherwin's number one fan, right? Uh-huh. Even though he forgot to wish me happy birthday, but I'm going to let that slide. Um, have you ever seen him sort of without the white hair, like when he's not sort of... Why would I want to do that, honey? But i got to tell you, he looks like a young Asian guy. I am. Why, if you're his number one fan, are you no, willing to do that? Give it Keep up. him as sleeves. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry, Ronnie B. Or you're the one millionth fan. I'm sorry. Okay, you guys have a great day. Bye. Chris Sherman. I, I, when I talked to him the other night, he was in full sleeves. Got up. <laughs> it's hysterical. And that's it's the awesome. only way I wanted it. <laughs> yes, thank you. Dude, he did this one tune that I had never heard before about. His sister and this whole thing, and um, it just uh, it just stunned me. It was so good. Uh, Gary in Houston, you're in one of us. Hi, how you doing, buddy? Yeah. Hey, I we've got a guy down here who has you know he sounds a lot like Sleeves, just really talented and will blow you away. And I guess my my question to you is, how do you approach that when you have a guy who's that talented and you feel like they're just going to be this massive talent? What if they're you know, what if they don't really want that? I feel like this guy needs to be bigger and more people need to find out about him. But at the same time, you don't want to, you know, I guess you have to do it at their own pace. Guys don't want to be big like that. I guess you can't do anything about it. Well, you know, again, I don't know why sometimes we think in life that having something everywhere makes it better. Um, because I think... Uh, a real part of my experience the other night is that Sleeves picked the room. I traveled to see him. He was in his own element, and it was phenomenal. 
Now, for me to get involved in that and go, here's what I think you should do. Maybe what I should do is just be a fan and support, you know, whatever he wants to do. I certainly don't feel like I want to say, here's what I want you to do. Now, having said that, while I'm watching this, I'm going, oh, wait, who are the guys who directed the Spalding Gray's thing? Because this would be perfect, you know? And, I mean, I could see it work in his cinema. I could hear it working as a large release, you know, but it's really none of my business. You know, if, if Sleaze ever said, Hey, here's what I'm doing. I would promote whatever I could do to help, but I don't know whether, uh, I, I really don't want to mess with him unless he asked for it. Uh, and I do know, well, I, I did send this stuff to some people without telling him, but that's my own business. Then if they happen to contact him, it'll be up to them. Um, but no, I wouldn't go to him and say, do stuff. Certainly not. I mean, first of all, I, I wouldn't know even know how to do something this great. I wouldn't know how to pull it off. Um, here's uh, Jack. Jack, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, I think it's, it's kind of like Mickey Rourke's character in Barfly, where... He needed to be in that element to create that genius. When you try to pull him out of that element, put him in something else, it just it, the, the gears don't click anymore. Uh, there's no way of knowing whether that's true or not true, but it is always going to be up side on their own what you want to do. And you know, I know he lives up there in New Hampshire, and he likes, yeah. you know, he has his, his chick and his kid and. There's snow and he's pulling around on the sleds or whatever those people woods, do up there. It's woods, not You know, and woods. look, when I get up there, I'm like, God, I can see this. This is nice. You know, there's there's real beauty up there. That you know, not everything has to be big buildings and people uh, fighting over taxis. <laughs> that actually keeps me calm when I see big buildings and people fighting over taxis. And if you could, New York would be perfect. Oh. I can't let that happen again. It'll never go. We never go backwards, my friend. I know. We never go backwards. I know. All right. It is the uh, Ron and Fez show. Uh, getting ready to wrap this one up. Uh, and we'll plug uh, the sleeve stuff as we get closer to Christmas. And um, John, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, uh, I got maybe a suggestion for Fezzy with the whole chair issue. Why doesn't he just have everybody bring their own chair? Um, no one's bringing a chair. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that seems actually uh, putting the guests out a little too much to try to haul a chair around through New York City. I think if you're invited over, the host part, part of the responsibilities should be having a place for people to sit down. Oh, beanbags. Are we going to do charades or any kind of party games? Oh, I hadn't planned on any party games. I figured just oh, Jesus. watching the football would be the uh, entertainment. What if it's a blowout? Fez, you are inviting New York people there, and they expect to do real New York stuff. This is like you're competing your New York parties against Truman Capote. Yeah. Oh, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, now I do. That's a lot of pressure. And I just, I just want it to be nice. Like last night, I'm trying to change channels, and my remote quit working. And I'm like, if this remote does not work next Sunday, 
where we can change, you know, in between games or whatever. It's just going to be a disaster. I mean, I'm Have taking two remotes. I'm taking it down to that detail. Or we just watch what Red detail? Zone. detail? Your remote the batteries. Broke. The remote working. <laughs> but you're, that's not detail. Your remote broke last night. You're not suddenly like going over this with a fine. You tried to change your TV, it didn't work. Now, Fez, do you remember the story I told uh, as we left? What happened to me in uh, New Hampshire? Yes. What happened? That uh, you were lighting a cigar and a flashlight was shined inside the car. By? By the, I believe, the New Hampshire State Patrol. Boo. Mm. Tell you my check didn't think I told the story. They were completely moved by it. Like, have you ever? I'm like, yeah. This is why I'm not the biggest fan of cops from where I grew up. Boo. Um, but nothing went wrong. Oh, by the way, I do want to say thanks to the listeners for some of the places they told me to eat up there. A very, very hipster, friendly toast place. Oh, nice. Mm. Hipsters can bang out some good food. They can. They care about the restaurant business. Oh, yeah, they love it. They can't get enough of that in the rock and cheap beer. That's you. <laughs> I don't know if that's You're my it. hipster buddy. <laughs> I don't know if I'm a hipster. I'm from Astoria. Well, that's the second home of the hipsters. And it's, it's become, quickly becoming, yeah. Um, here's Steve. You're on running Fez. Hey, Ron. Hey, uh, maybe Fez's remote didn't quit working. Maybe it just froze up like Fez always does. Maybe he just needs to give it a little more time. Don't listen to him, Fez. I'm not. Yeah, it quit working, and I'm like, this happens in the middle of a party. Disaster. If I don't have enough chairs, disaster. I don't know. Some people will stand. Someone uh, tweeted, uh, Paranoid has just thrown himself out the window after hearing Ron Gush about Sherwin Sleeves. Not true. Paranoid was in this, uses his voice for this. Uh, Paranoid and Sleeves always support each other. They're not just as back uh, biting as you guys. Although, uh, I will tell you this, I didn't hear Fez bringing up the Sleeves thing at all. And if I cut your shirt tail fe short, Fezzy, let me apologize. And tomorrow I'm going to talk about Fuzz Watley a little bit. What I'd like to say, some of the great things of Fuzz Watley over the years. Okay. Um, like what? Well, some of the stuff I had planned for his funeral. Oh. I'm going to pop out here tomorrow. Uh, I want to thank, uh, well, first of all, before that, there's something really new. Radio Shark is playing a character named Devin now. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, there he goes. Devin? Who's on the phone today, Hicks? That would be the kid. Draft House. Really? Yeah, he, sh he shut him down. Uh, the Draft House, who's heading back soon, right? Uh, I believe in two weeks. Yeah. Oddly enough, not a moment too soon. That kid went from everybody being crazy about him to almost wearing out his welcome. He came out, re he came out really strong. He came out fucking gangbusters. Yeah. He also tried to send, uh, show, send me the other day as a way of making up going to Acapulco from the movie as if I wasn't familiar with it. Go away Acapulco! Um, all right, I want to thank our guest today, Joey Pants, who oh, yeah. saved Fezzy Lou's life. And I want to stop any of the rumors that, that anything's happening between Alyssa Milano and myself. We're just friends. 
we're, I like to think of us as America's cousins, where we're each cousins to everybody in America. Is Brucey involved somehow in this then? Cousin Brucey, hey cousin. That's going to be my new thing that, like Sleeve does that, I'm going to do a Brucey. Because there were parts when Sleeves would play in this that I felt like I was watching uh, Bob Lasseter, the Mad Dog. And it took me, when he was fighting with his audience, I'm like, I felt like I had my own Christmas past. And I was thinking about him and Neil Rogers and some of the guys that were doing talk radio when uh, we came up. That's what I just want to bring up this thing of sleeves. It's like not the weirdness I think about his stories. It's not just what his stories, the what he's invented, right? But it's what the stories bring out in yourself. Because here you are relating to this strange character, and you almost want to think, yeah, that's exactly like this thing wild. out of my past. <sighs> All right, when I hear that song, I'm ready to wrap it up. Uh, congratulations to Liam, the first multiple winner of uh, Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search. Um, well, the new CD, Tourniquet and Windmills, 34 songs. Yep. Including the Molly song. Wow. Maybe we ought to play them all for you one day. Just have a salute to Sleeves Day. That'd be awesome. All right. Uh, anything else I need to plug? Anything for tonight? It is, um, uh, of course, uh, Jets Pats tonight. And a uh, special, special thank you to... Today's Search, Search, Hurry Up and Search winner is... Doug Schroeder. Doug Schroeder. Let me talk a little bit, if I can, about the genius that is Doug Schroeder. Doug Schroeder. And that's the end of my show, Donk. Things like that drive me out of my mind. I watched it for a little while. I love to watch things on TV. Satellite of love.